Hello everyone and welcome back to the Horsey and Fox podcast. Uh, today we're going to be doing mm-hmm. some sweet chat about Final Fantasy 16. Indeed. It's been out for over we a are. month now, so it's mm-hmm. uh, probably a good time to chat about it. It's taken me a long time to finish it. Um, I know. Because I did like all the side, like every side quest and all the fucking chronolith trials and all that stuff. It took Jesus me so long. Jesus Christ. There was no piece of yeah. content in the base game that was left untouched. By me. That's mental. That's mental. Well, it. it has been a while since that last episode. Mm. It yeah, was, that's true. Yeah, we were originally gonna. Well, like the plan was that next the next episode would come out, you know, normal time, and we would just it would be a spoiler cast. But it ended up taking you longer to finish than anticipated. Yeah, it took me ages. So like a month. we just decided, like, oh, we'll just push it back and push it back, and it got to the point where. Looking back, it probably would have made more sense just to record the episode we were supposed to do. But, you know, <laughs> that's just so how good. it be sometimes. We can that, talk about that's oh, well, crazy. Fair, yeah. It's been it's been over a month. What? Since, well, since the last, last episode? episode? Really? Fuck. Yeah, Ju- June oh, yeah. 20th was the last one. I guess last Oh, time... no, wait, no, wait, no, wait. Hang on. Wait. What? Wait. What? Was that not? Wait, hang on. Let me double check. Oh, no, July 4th was the last one. Never mind. I July was four? Oh, been... For a second, I thought you hadn't uploaded the one after the, the June one. I was like, "What?" No, it's I was been worried. That yeah, it's been episode. it's been it's been three three weeks. It's been three weeks. Damn. It's not as bad. Not not quite as bad it's as I thought much originally. Month, though, when you think um, about it. But but yeah, this episode will be dedicated fully to Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, so if there's anyone out there that hasn't finished it yet and wants to play it or is playing it and wants to finish it, uh, then don't listen to this show because this is going to be all the spoilers that's true i don't want any comments saying oh you're fucking talking spoilers <laughs> it's called a fucking spoiler cast right it's in the title it's in the title it's in the thumbnail if you've not if you've still if you still listen then you deserve to have the game spoiled for you i think actually at this point yeah so it's true fuck you it's natural selection but for spoilers yeah um but there's that so to be exactly um, no, not Dickens. Wait, Dickens. Charles Dickens. Yeah, no. <laughs> Dickens Classic Charles Dickens. Classic Charles Dickens. Don't you remember in A Christmas Carol where he talks about oh, evolution? It's oh, really great. Oh, it's amazing. Christ. Scrooge is like a big, a big proponent of evolution. evolution. No, he sounds like mm. he'd be an evolution denier. Scrooge. Yeah, true. True. It'd be a true. fucking. It'd be a fucking flat earther. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's obsessed with, like, you know, like, the creation myths and stuff. He yeah, loves that. he does. That's what Scrooge loves. He it's puts a lot of money into the church. Character lore. Yeah, lore. Scrooge lore. Um, uh, but, yeah, that's so that's what we're doing this episode. So, I mean, let we can just kick things off right away, jumping straight into things. I mean, we talked a little bit about our initial sort of thoughts on the game spoiler-free last time, but... Mm. I guess to be still general, I guess is like general thoughts. Now that you've finished it, mm. what do you think of the overall product of Final Fantasy sixteen? Um, well, I, lo- I did love it. I do love the game. I had such a good time with it over the last month. Uh, mm-hmm. Character, like the cast of characters, were just insanely compelling and just lovable, and just oh, I love the characters. Um, mm-hmm. The overarching narrative was very interesting. At every turn, I was waiting to see what happened next and how the story could be 
escalated because obviously we all know that Final Fantasy always escalates more and more and more until it gets to the point where it's just mental shit is happening at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, combat, it's fun, yeah, but uh, there's a distinct lack of, you know, a lot of things. Um, it's very bare bones, and the you know the icons not having any elemental status effects and stuff was a little bit you know eh would have been cool if Mm -hmm. they did that and delve more into that um i also kind of would have liked it if we could use instead of only being able to use like maybe this would be unbalanced maybe this would be unbalanced but only being able to use three at once we had like a wheel we could bring up because like mm-hmm. I was so hyped at the beginning when I was like oh I'm going to have to use gonna get to use all these powers it's like oh at the time I can only use three so it's like now I have to pick three and the others aren't, aren't really worth using so it's like right yeah it's like you get to a certain new icon a bit like new icon that Clive like absorbs and it's like ah oh, see what the <laughs> abilities are and they're shit and it's just like ah oh, so now I don't, there's no point in using it um, yeah whereas if there were status effects I'd have to change out my icon I couldn't just rely on the same three for the entire game um, or if I had a nice little wheel, like a weapon wheel, I could switch between all of them. Hmm. Um, but that, again, would probably be a little bit unbalanced. That's probably why they didn't do it. Uh, but yeah. overall, the combat is really fun, like it is. Uh, I could have maybe done with some some more variation in enemy types. Uh, towards the end of the game, it was very much like, oh, this is just the same archetype of enemy again, with like a new skin on it. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, because a lot of the second half as well is like reusing stuff we've already seen, but oh, it's it's Akashic now. Yeah, yeah, So exactly. it's like, yeah. it's we've seen this, it's the troll thing, but but it's blue. It's Akashic. And that's like, you know. Which Super is, dangerous Akashic. Yeah. That can also be killed quite easily by the members of Northreach. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, but true. no, overall I fucking loved it. Um <clears throat> Mm-hmm. It was really fun, a great adventure, really compelling characters, absolutely heartbreaking ending that we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, amazing visuals, some of the best boss battles we've had in modern gaming. Um, just, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't say it's a masterpiece, but it was a banger. It was a fucking top tier game. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think I agree with you. Definitely, yeah. I would say it's. I I think there's things holding me back from saying it's a masterpiece, but definitely one of the best games i've played this year um, oh, yeah. probably the best game i've played this year um it's up there for sure and it's you know definitely there's so much about it that it's got like so much going for it and so much that's good about it and, you know and it, it it only sort of shows that you know in the future with when this team gets to work on something else like we're gonna see like a development and they're gonna hopefully improve take on the criticism stuff like that mm. um but I think one thing that I've been seeing people talk about that I just disagree with is that so many people are saying that the writing was just not there, that the writing just lacked. And I, I just didn't feel that. I felt that at every turn, the writing was doing things that made me just engage with the story more and the characters and the world and just what was going on until yeah. you get to the end. And I feel like the when you like when everything comes together at the end, and we'll talk about the end more in depth later, but like the themes and everything just comes around and it's just fucking just tremendous what they do with like the whole build-up and i think that you know going through it again a second time like you know well because obviously i've been i've been editing my reactions down into videos so i've got Mm. to sort of revisit the game again from a different angle when i'm like replaying it yeah and you you know you look at some of the stuff at the at the start 
and I'm like, oh, this make this is like even better the second time because I understand like where that goes as like a character line yeah, or like yeah. you know like what that means to the overall theme by the end sort of thing. Like yeah. it's and I think that's really special about it is that it has such replay value in that when you revisit the game you get to see it in a whole different light. And that's, mm. you know, that's what the best stories do, is when you revisit a story that really resonated with you, it should get better the second time. Yeah. Like, it should be like, oh, wow, yeah. Like, you don't have the shock moments, but no. what it replaces it with is, like, depth. Understanding. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that's something that 16 really has going for it. I think, you know, that's one of the one of the major parts of, uh, of 16. Um, and I think, so, so to talk more about some more specifics the obviously we talked a lot about gameplay mm. um last time yeah. so we can sort of um skip over that however it would be nice to talk a little bit about um specifically like the boss fights like the specifics of like the moments that happen yeah because obviously we we sort of alluded to some like big moments but there's a lot of like major moments that happen across this game mm. like those those are like you know the major boss fights that you, that you do they're like the major story bosses yeah and they sort of ramp up and up and up and there's like so many great spectacle moments what was your favorite of the like major boss fights in the game it's probably a toss-up between uh uh titan lost versus ifrit mm. and um ifrit risen versus bahamut I think those are the two strongest, two strongest yeah. fights in the game. They were the most impressive to me, like the ones I enjoyed playing the most at the time. Uh, they were just, yeah. especially, especially a Freak Risen versus Bahama. I think that was just insane. Um, yeah, yeah, like going to space and just, just like everything that happened <coughs> with the Crystalline Dominion during that section and uh, Dion's sort of rebellion against against his father and all that and just. It was just a fucking brilliant sequence. I loved it so much. And like uh, Clive, um, what's his what, uh, what's his mother's name? I forgot his mother's name. But like confronting his mum, Annabella. Yeah, yeah. Um, just before the fight, like it's just mm-hmm. so fucking good. I I think, definitely yeah. think that boss is my favourite. Um, just for the spectacle. Although I, always, I yeah, do yeah, I yeah. do love Titan Lost. That's a fucking good fight. Yeah, I think yeah, no, definitely. I think Titan Loss was the first one where, because I mean, the when Clive first becomes Ifrit and fights Garuda, that's like, I mean, every single one is like, God, I don't even the, remember that one very the, well. Like, the, like the full stop on every single one is like it being majorly important to like a majorly important character moment mm-hmm. in one way or another, right? Yeah, and I yeah. think that's what makes them all work even more. Like the very first one. Yeah, where he first becomes a free and fights Garuda, that's like him, like the awakening of like, oh, everything comes together. And it's like, hey, yeah. So now he he has to realize that he's the one that killed Joshua. Yeah. Um, and you've got that whole aspect. So like, there's that element of like, you know, it's fucking cool seeing Ifrit fight Garuda, and you've got control of that. But there's also that other part of you that's like, oh god, this yeah. is the same. This is the same like where he killed his brother, yeah, and yeah. it's like you know that's rough. So there's mm-hmm. like that whole aspect to it, which is which is great. And then obviously the second one you've got, which is Ifrit versus Ifrit in the the oh, accepting yeah. the truth sequence, which yeah. again was just a incredible sequence. I like we'll, that. We'll, yeah. yeah, we can talk more about these, I guess, in depth after talking about the icon battles. But I think no, I agree with you. Like the Bahamut one is definitely a standout in terms mm. of spectacle for yeah, sure. Yeah. 
Um, I think my my favorite fight itself In, though, like mechanically. was um, yeah my favorite fight mechanically was the fight against uh odin um i think well, that was um, my favorite fight in the game against where you fight barnabas like when, yeah, we, yeah do you mean yeah, against just, barnabas you never fight him as an icon do you that never actually happens in this fight no not like a full-on fight i suppose because no. odin is just too big to sort of do anything with that it's like how do you even do that as a playable fight yeah possibly but i, I guess I think they did it with bahamut so i mean i don't know i think i think what's really good about it though is i mean mechanically it's really fun like it mm. felt like almost like a kingdom hearts data battle yeah, in a way like did, learning yeah. the patterns and it's just like you know a guy versus a guy with a sword like yeah. it's just you know it's, it's cool. those fights are always my favorite mm -hmm. um but i think what was also really nice about it is that thematically like odin is or like barnabas is this like you know soldier of of god being mm -hmm. like god being ultima yeah and it's like you know by just instead of using like the power that was bequeathed to clive by ultima in the icons and in ifrit he beats him using his humanity yeah, like he beats yeah. him with him, like just just a guy mm -hmm. which i think is like really poignant for that fight and that it helps cool. that like it's also fun as fuck mechanically yeah um to play so that was like my favorite one but bahamut was definitely like the, the best, the icon best one like yeah, yeah yeah like if we're talking spectacle that's the just the most insane sequence in the whole game yeah like from yeah like you said from the moment where he confronts his mother like up to the very end of that sequence it's just non-stop just insanity yeah um and that was yeah that was just fucking terrific it's like when um, they fucking broke the atmosphere and went out <clears throat> into space i was like okay we're doing yeah, this yeah, yeah. we're doing this and then fucking yeah. bahama unleashes uh zeta flare Zeta Flair, like, yeah, like fucking Donald. My boy Donald. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking like the insane. Only, like, two characters in the Final Fantasy universe to use that spell, and the only other one is in some other Square Enix game, right? Yeah, I think it was. I think it's. It's. Bahamut uses Zeta Flare in 14 at the. In the. What's that battle called? The one that caused the calamity. Oh, I googled that. That ain't even Zeta Flare. Is it not? I don't think it I is. Thought that, I thought it was. I really don't think it is because I was looking into Zeta Flare like earlier this month, and interesting. It said it said that it was only it was the one below it. What is it? Terra Flare. Terra Flare, yeah. But maybe it was Zeta. I mean, it makes sense that it would be Zeta Flare because obviously it ended the fucking world. But I mean, the yeah, wiki said that it wasn't. Because I remember, I remember reading that like. It must have been like a year ago now, and I've just kind of like kept that in my like memory banks. But it might be wrong. Like I don't know. I mean, I always I've never like it questioned was. it. So I've watched that it fucking cinematic cut be something scene else too many times. Um, it's very cool. Very it is, cool cutscene. It really cool. It's very good. I love it. Fucking answers is a beautiful track <clears throat> as well. Ooh. Um, but Exaflare? What is that? Exaflare? Oh no, no, no! I think it is Exaflare. Bahamut Zeta Flare in Final Fantasy XIV, the first ever use of Zeta Flare, and perhaps the most appropriate demonstration of its power came from Bahamut in Final Fantasy XIV. So now I think you are right. Ah, nice. Yeah. I'm right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where Thank I read that. Maybe God. I read it on Reddit and someone was just wrong. Because that's often ah, that might be the case. happens to me where I read something on Reddit and then it's wrong. Um, yeah, no, that yeah, that is common. That's a common occurrence. Yeah, yeah I don't blame you. That makes more sense um, though. But yeah, it's, Bahama yeah. has unleashed his second Zeta Flare. In yeah, the... and you've obviously got Donald Duck. Yeah, and then I think the other ones in like Brave Exvius or something. It was like some little kid in like some other Square um, Enix game that I've never heard of. 
yeah, it's it's uh, bravely, bravely default. Is it bravely default? I think it is. That that name rings a bell to me. Yeah, Zeta Flare was later repurposed and styled as Zeta Flare in Bravery Default, where it was wielded ah, by Aerie, yes. a companion yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ Fairy who goes on to betray the... <gasps> That's a spoiler, I shouldn't be saying that. Spoiler for, would... for Bravely well, Default? Yeah, what if there's someone playing it and going, oh, I can watch the Final Fantasy <laughs> 16 fucking spoiler cast, and they get oh, a fucking true, spoiler. True, 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 true. <laughs> I think it's Bravely Default not quite liked as well. It may be. I've never, I never heard of it. Let me have a look. Bravely Default. Uh, I don't know. Metacritic. Didn't it come out? 2012. Come on. Come on. Oh, it's got, an eight, an 80, it. it's got an 85. That ain't bad. That's crazy. It's got it's a little chibi, chibi art style. Yeah. I've, I've been playing... Um, There's a separate thing, but I've, I've been playing uh, Octopath Octo Traveler I knew you were going to say Octopath Traveler. I knew you were going to say It's this. fucking good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I saw it it's on the so um, fun. PlayStation Store the other day. Just sort of sitting there. It's really but good. Got it's got like a job system and stuff. Fucking go on to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you definitely do. You definitely have a lot of Final Fantasy to play. And and yeah. as well, like the biggest thing, the criticism I have for Octopath is that it, um, the party members don't talk to each other. Like, yes. they're in a party, but they don't speak to each other. That it's really, really weird. Fucking annoyed me about fourteen. I mean, sixteen. <laughs> You'd be running around doing these side quests, and you'll have like fucking Jill standing there next to you, and she just doesn't <laughs> say anything. And it's like, why? Maybe want to wait until yeah, it was just right. me and Toggle to do quests because it was like it felt weird that like Clive yeah. would just talk to himself and go, "Oh, I suppose I get that done then." And it's like Jill doesn't say anything. It's like, yeah, Jill, you, say yeah, because you can have them in your party and like have them following yeah. you around, but. They, it acts as almost like they're not there. Yeah. 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 That is definitely it's, a thing. It that really just like, bothered me. Which is strange. Whereas in a lot of other, you know, <laughs> RPGs with party systems and people that follow you around, they'll comment on things even when it's like side quests and yeah. stuff. Like Mass Effect is a big one that does it. Like mm. you know, depending on who you take with you, they'll have conversations about what's happening in the oh, particular God. quest. Which that would have added so much replay you know, value. Like imagine like. You tackle yeah. quests in a different order, and it's like, oh, now I've got this character with me during this side quest to see what they say about it. Ugh. Yeah, it was just—it was just really yeah. weird. It, it made me consciously wait until it was just me and Toggle in the party to do side quests because it was just really annoying having the other characters there not doing anything or saying anything. Yeah, that does actually make a lot of sense. It—it it does feel odd when it's outside of those major story moments. Yeah, when they're just kind of with you. And they're just kind of there, and it's like ah, so it's, like it's kind of like cool either. at first, yeah. Because it's like yeah. oh, they're they're with me. This is cool, and then you realise that like they're not actually. With it's actually you. it's actually super awkward. It's just like a husk. Of, it's just, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a husk following you around. There's no personality there. There's nothing to it. Yeah. Yeah. It was no, disappointing. Yeah, I definitely definitely felt that. But yeah, felt we, that. we've already gone over the party aspects aspects in general being being lacking severely in sixteen, which I still stand by. Like. I would have liked to be able to, in the middle of a f boss fight, be like, oh, Jill, use this ice spell. You know, or Toggle, do something mm -hmm. else other than fucking sick. <laughs> sick or ravage. <laughs> yeah, which is, I, I know the use of yeah. ravage now. You can use the juggle. Oh, yeah, juggle yeah, yeah. yeah. I literally didn't. checked after the podcast, because we were both like, we don't know. And then, yeah, yeah, I checked, and I was like, what does it do? And I was like, oh, because I've been using ravage the whole time. Yeah. Thinking it was, like, more powerful. Same. But it's not. Yeah, it just fl like flicks them into the air. Precision damage like, yeah. almost. And then Ravage yeah. is like just for 
singular enemies that aren't bosses. Yeah, um, which makes sense. Like, I'd, I would, like, pair sick with a then charged, like, magic shot on it, boost them really high in the air so I could juggle them. And also, I said there mm. wasn't... Last episode, I said there wasn't an ability to, like, uh, lift enemies. And if you charge oh, yeah, your sword, yeah, yeah. then jump and let go of it, he does do that. And I use that all the fucking time. Like, I would yeah. always do that, double jump, and then do the slam down, and then do the extra slam after it, and does fucking tons of damage. It's insane. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I was wrong about that true. in the last episode too, so that's my bad. But yeah, well, you know, that's what comes with you know experiencing a game and getting getting more to grips with it. You figure those things out. Yeah. It's just you know, it's part of the experience. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't even know how to tackle talking about this game because I don't want to miss anything. But it's so like, big, major. But there's so much there. Well, maybe I guess... we start at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, we could start at the beginning, but I thought, why not? Because because a major like every major moment really is about clive's journey mm-hmm. so i was thinking why don't we talk about first the supporting oh, characters yeah or like did you just what happened i just need my desk <laughs> oh right oh that makes sense um let, let talk about the supporting characters but like not like jill and joshua and yeah. dion and people like that but like you you like real supporting supporting characters yeah. like like you know, sid gav and and torgle and yeah sid and mid and and mid. Like, I fucking love their names. Boots, someone Karen mid. and ah uh, mid. See that. See that's the thing. Mid is from Final Fantasy V, and I oh. had the same reaction to mid when I played Final Fantasy V because <laughs> you because you you like walk into this room and you, your main character says like, "Are you mid?" <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I was just like, I can't believe I'm talking to mid right now. Oh, oh, it was great. It was very good. I I liked that. But, but yeah, what would you yeah. say is your favorite supporting character out of that sort? Favorite of supporting character. That list. I mean, I mean, I guess if we're including Sid in that, then Sid. But I guess Sid. we can't include Sid it's be. because yeah. I feel like because Sid is more like uh, Joshua. He's like Jill, a catalyst for the story. Like, like he's so important to the overall narrative that it is. Yeah, he's a main character. Sid. He's Even like though... yeah, like he he would have been a party member that just like died early on, mm-hmm. like. In, in a, you know, in a traditional it's like Final a main Fantasy. party member. It's like you think they're going to yeah. be there for the entire journey, but they're actually not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, yeah, then they just well, sort I suppose of like we'll kill them off get on to what happened to Sid, surely. Um, yes, yeah, <clears throat> definitely. And so I guess he kind of counts in that. But like these characters that like wouldn't have been party members, that yeah. maybe would have been like guest party members, mm-hmm. but like wouldn't have been like mainstays. Yeah. Um, I think I know what you're going to say. Gav, yeah. Gav is probably it's, my favourite. It's Gav. It's Gav. I it's fucking Gav all loved over. Gav. Everyone loves fantastic. Gav. He was fantastic. He's yeah. fucking brilliant. Oh, Gav was great. And there's a lot... I got, a, I got a comment. Someone was like, oh, well, but Gav doesn't have anything about him other than, like, he's just there sometimes and, like, says, <laughs> like, quips and stuff. It's just so and, not like, true. It's, like, to an extent, like... I guess. I don't think but... so. I guess maybe because I've done the side quests that involve him, so it, like it feels like there's more to him. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the thing with this game. Like, it's very much like, and I think this is it's <clears> one of the things that will turn people off. Is like it, it is built very similarly to an MMO, where like yeah. you're supposed to be sinking your time into it. Yeah. Like, which you could you could argue is a fault. You could definitely argue that's a fault. Like maybe Gav's 
you know backstory or whatever or everything should have been like wo- woven into the story but mm-hmm. i think he serves his purpose and i think he's a great character and you get some great little moments with him here and there and like i love him the way that like you know he was very devoted to sid as well yeah. like you know i think i think sid gav and otto like those three characters otto and their history and stuff too, is yeah. you know really really well done like otto's story alone of just being like you know the former commander mm. of the like the knights in where was it was he in sunbreak was that where he was I don't remember because he was like with well he was with Sid wasn't he? oh like, was they it were, oh, it was in the army friends, that, from so the land was... that they're from because Sid isn't from Valisthea. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. Did you not fucking read the law? Hippocrates is there for a reason. I thought Sid was the Lord Commander of Walud, though. Oh, well, maybe. Maybe we, a... <laughs> you seemed so confident. Wait, what? What happened? Wait, let me well, I it. thought because 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 when Benedicta said because he because he because remember the reason he left Benedicta and Barnabas is because he like disagreed with them. But maybe he came originally what? from like somewhere else. But I just remember like, the distinctive line from. Well, maybe yeah, that yeah, was yeah, before. Yeah. Like the, the wiki, much of Sid's early life remains a mystery. He seems to have originated from the lands beyond the southern seas of Valisthea. Right, so he but, he, but he was, been... but he was still Lord Commander yes. of Walud. Yeah, I think he was. So he he he's not from Valisthea, and then he came to he, that he landed on Walud, and then that's where he lived most of his life until he became an adult. That makes a lot of sense. That makes yeah, more yeah. sense. Okay, that makes a lot so of sense. So we were both okay, right. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we were both happens. right. Um, but yeah, they so yeah, and like how they met and stuff was really cool, yeah. and like how that developed them, like the 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 side mission payback that explores that is really really nice that's the one that's the one with otto right where he's um yeah 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 with the goblet the really cool scene at the end where it's just like god that yeah. shit had me nearly on the verge of tears yeah <laughs> nearly on the verge yeah so, so like see, not, i'm a man i can't be, quite i, I can't be on the verge and i can't be crying so i have to nearly be on the verge again <laughs> <laughs> you were like you were like you're like toying with the idea of maybe tearing up but like d- you didn't quite. No, i definitely teared up my i got all misty eyed for that that side quest for sure we can talk about that a little bit later in, in a little bit more detail um yeah i i think i think this game like in terms of just the amount of times it made me cry is the most of like any game I've ever played. It is like it hits hard. Like there was towards the end of the game, I feel like there was like it would be like I would cry and then it would be like ten minutes and then the game would make me cry again. Like <laughs> it just wouldn't stop. Like the I thought it was, was over and then it rough. would happen again. The ending and it was, was just so yeah. rough. Oh my god. It was it was a lot. And there's a lot to talk about with the ending as there well, is, because yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of theories and stuff <coughs> flying around with it, which I think is interesting. I'll well, be interesting but, to um, hear them because I thought it was pretty cut and dry the ending. Well, so did I, but I've heard some things and I I'm like, oh, I quite like those interpretations. But we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that so like you know with Otto and Gavin and all that stuff. But to talk about, I guess another one of the supporting characters, you know, you brought up Mid. Mm. Um, I really like what they do with Mid in this game. I think she's used really well. And um, she's cool as like an extension of Sid, as like a you know this like a protege. Sort of, yeah, like carrying his legacy and stuff, like yeah. with the engineering and the you know the building of the enterprise which is classic reference to final fantasy 3's airship oh yeah i mean um, it's always called the fucking enterprise isn't it it's like in 14 enter- it's, it's called the enterprise yeah they they often do use the enterprise yeah oh, not um, the high wind though first in that's a kingdom hearts thing i suppose three the high wind is not 
No, it's not. It's it's uh, the airship in seven. Oh, okay. So it's like a reference. That's what, oh, that's what, oh, I guess I haven't got to that bit. And, so I don't know. I didn't and it's even because know there was an airship in seven. And it's it's also like <laughs> a double. It's a double reference because the the airship is called the High Wind in Final Fantasy seven because. Ah, uh, I I guess I can't. It's a reference to to it's a reference to Kane Highwind from Final Fantasy Four, who is a dragoon. Oh, okay. And dragoons are always they have like Highwind is a dragoon thing. So like Dion um, is like a dragoon, so he'd have like a spear and he'd jump about. Yeah, he'd do that weird jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That's yeah the classic jump move. You jump mm. in the air for for a turn, and then the next turn you come down hard on the enemy. It's yeah. very cool. Um. But yeah, that like mid, I think was just yeah used very very nicely in in the story, and I think there was some nice moments. Like I really liked the the three quests you do just after fighting Titan, mm-hmm. um, the letting off steam quests. I thought I thought those were really really you good. Got to help her build where... the Mithril engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like. That I really too. enjoyed that. Just a nice bit of yeah. downtime. Like I just had an insane mm. fight. You know, we watched the fall of Dal- the Dalmechian Republic, and it was like, okay, I need something. A little bit more chill to sink my teeth into after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really nice, and that was like a really just a good bit. And you see, like you know, at the end, like Otto's like, "Oh bloody hell, you let her get away," and she's like gone off to Canva, and it's like <laughs> yeah. I quite like that because yeah. it's like she's running away from the the loss of Sid. Like yeah. she doesn't want to confront it. She doesn't want to go to his grave because like it's you painful, know, that's just yeah, yeah, because it's painful. And I, I I like that. I think that was like that was good, and I liked the relationship that she ended up having with clive like so towards the end like when you leave for origin yeah like they they give each other a hug and like that's quite meaningful because yeah. clive took on the name sid obviously yeah and, you know you, you got all that there mm-hmm. although um, the way mid was introduced it's like she's just sort of there she just sort of she appears. does just appear yeah and everyone's just like oh it's classic mid that was my one issue with i didn't know sid had a daughter before that moment i was like who the fuck is mid yeah, he mention he yeah, does he, mention it. He does mention briefly, I think, having a daughter or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. But also, she's not his biological daughter. But like, no. she just sort of shows up, and I was like, "Wait, have I missed something?" Yeah, I mean, I I think that I kind <clears throat> of like it because it's also like, I guess I guess the 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 major issue is more the of like when she show. Wait, when does she show up? It's after the fu- after Drake's. Drake's head is that is that the one after where the time jump happens the five year time jump is it just after that I think I think it's when you return from you know where you know where you're fighting the where where the after the five year um, jump and you're fighting those dudes and then he's like oh I'm Sid the outlaw and, and he, he says all that stuff and then you're like, oh Clive mm-hmm. Sid all of a sudden it's when you get back from there I think that's where Mid shows up oh okay yeah no I I, I kind of like <clears throat> so that it's like because... I guess she was already there. Yeah, it shows the it shows the passage of time. Like you you you're checking back in with these characters, but they've been active for five years. So like they know yeah. mid and they know what's going on and yeah. stuff. And like they're all calling him Sid and yeah, yeah, all of that. Stuff. I just love, I, speaking about him being called Sid. I love how they've had so many iterations of Sid. They were like, this time you can play as him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's quite meaningful too because Sid is this legacy character that's in every game. It's yeah. like a name that's passed on from game to game. That's true, yeah. For then Clive to, like, it's like it's actually a thing in this game. Like, yeah. there's actually multiple Sids in this game. Yeah. Um, I think that's quite cool. It is very cool. It's like that is now within the hideaway. That is a title that is passed down. That's just what the leader's name is. Like, just yeah i think that's quite cool it's a very like meta 
reference yeah. and thing. I think that's quite cool. It's just very wholesome because it shows that you know no one forgot what Sid started. You know that mm-hmm. that honor honor him by making his name the title that is inherited by the person that leads this. You know the people that can't fend for themselves. I just thought thought it was really nice. Um, it yeah, was weird yeah, at first because sure. I was like, I don't know how I feel about that, and I was eventually just like, ah, it's cool. I like it. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Um, I just wasn't sure if it was going to stick, and then I was like, actually, yeah, it does. Yeah, no, it works. It works <coughs> very well. Um, I'm trying to think other side characters. I don't know. Torgal. Torgal has a little you side quest. Torgal. Torgal's side quest is fucking great. Um, I really liked it. Yeah. It was super, that was another one that made me tear up. Um, yeah, that got me too. Because you know, if you have a dog, I guess if you have any form of pet, you understand how important that bond is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, Toggle's always been there for Clive since day one. And just the moment where you go to his old hideaway and you see he looks at the wall and he sees himself as a teenager, sort of storming off in there to like clear his head because his mum was like obviously really hard on him. And yeah. like seeing that Torgal had brought all that gear there and, like, his training sword. Like, it was just, like... Because I forget, like, because the time jump between... Because, obviously, we played the demo and then we pick up from where that left off. So I forget that there was, like, 13 years where Torgal yeah. was looking for Clive. Yeah. Um, and it's, like... It's that line where he's like, "You never, you never gave up on me, boy," and it's just like, "Oh, I know, it's so nice." <laughs> he's like, holds him and like holds his head against Torgals, and it's just like they just embrace for for like a moment, and it's just like so beautiful. I love that yeah. side quest. It's like simple moments like that where it just builds character and makes you feel emotions. You know, I just yeah, love it. Definitely. I love it. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. For Super sure. Good quest. Um, I guess to jump in then at the from where the demo ends and where the the game picks up. Wait, before before we just... do, let's just talk about Jill real because we've done all the other characters. We may as well chat about Jill briefly. Obviously, we'll talk about her a little oh, bit sure. more. But um, she had her own side quest too, which I thought was really, did. really good. Uh, well, so we... did Joshua as well. Well, yeah, but obviously, I guess Joshua was a different case because at this point, we think he's dead. And I said, True? I said in the fucking last, I was like, he's not dead, and you, like, I think he is. I well, the game that just shit did coming. not pan out. The game did not pan out the way that I thought it would. No. Like, it just took, it completely took me by surprise. I was like, that yeah. is not what I thought this game was going to be about. But no. it made so much more sense what they did. Like, it's so much better than what I thought they were going to do, to be honest. Yeah, it was it was way less predictable than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, Jill, her, her side quest uh, before the end of the game was great too. Mm-hmm. Where, like, Priceless, yeah. Their culmination of their sort of arc together, Clive and Jill. <clears throat> Obviously, you could see it coming from the beginning, like that very first scene where they're on the balcony at the beginning of the game, there's like the moonlight and it's all like there's like gentle music playing. I was like, they're definitely going to be in a relationship by the end of this, but I just thought mm-hmm. it was nice, you know, going to searching for these flowers that she remembers as a kid. Um, oh, wait, what? No, that, that was Joshua's quest. No, that was... No, the that fuck was, was Joshua's quest again. Joshua's quest is when you go to your father's grave. Oh, that was also you... fucking so good as well. Yeah, that oh, was very good. God, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Jill's quest <laughs> was really good. I it's liked so it. Much. And then how there's when you go to Sambrek and you finally find the snow lilies and like they're just standing mm-hmm. amongst them and they just like have a little kiss and like yeah, you can see the flowers billowing around them and like the 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 oriflamme behind them. Um, just like the music is so good too. Yeah, like it's just such a romantic moment and i thought yeah, it was good great. like jill and clive work for me i don't know how other people feel about it but i think they work for me 
Yeah, I think <clears> I the greatest definitely... romance ever, but you know. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I think it's. I think I liked Jill a lot more after finishing the game. Um, yeah. It took me a while. Like, she's a very reserved character, mm. and I think a lot of her internal conflict and sort of character journey comes from, you know, it's it's quite understated. It is and subtle. It is to be and fair. Yeah. I think ultimately I like that about it. I think the more time that goes by, the more I really actually quite like Jill. Um, That's because she never whereas... tries to outdo Clive's pain by going, well, this happened to me. It's like she's <laughs> always just there for him and obviously he's there for her as well, but it's like she'd already almost come to terms with her pain by the time Clive say, Well, not really, but it's almost like it's hard to explain what I mean. But it's like, it's Clive's fucking story. Like, it's not about Jill's backstory, if that makes sense. Like, it makes more sense to focus on him than have a whole section of Jill where she's talking about, oh, I mean, there there is, there even is. So she talks about her time as Shiva, and, you know, with the, who was she yeah, enslaved well, she has by? Yeah, she has a whole arc and the, stuff. The Iron Kingdom, um, was that it? Is that what yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the, the fucking yeah. dudes that just die immediately. And they're never yeah. talked about again. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it, it's it's difficult because Jill, like, it's difficult because I have like there's like two parts of me that feel two different ways. Where it's like one way, it's like the way that Jill is used to serve Clive's story, the same as every other character is, mm. is very good, and that makes sense because it's Clive's story. But then this other part of me that's like, I don't like that it's just Clive's story because Final Fantasy should be a an ensemble yeah. cast. Yeah who have equally as much depth as everyone else. Mm -hmm. And there's that part of me that's like, I just, oh, it's just like, it feels like mispotential almost. I do like, think there was, there is a, there know. is some mispotential with Jill for sure. I think there was parts of me that were left wanting, but overall I, I like her more than I dislike her. Yeah. And I think ultimately <laughs> like, I have these criticisms, sure, but the game made me feel a lot. And I think that's what's most important. So it's like, I can overlook it. It's like I said before, like I think it's more about like if Final Fantasy 17 doesn't remedy these things, then I'm going to be a little bit like yeah. Ah, like is this just what Final Fantasy is now? Yeah, yeah. Um which would be a bit of a shame, mm -hmm. but I think for like for this game it does work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said the Jill side quest was was really really good. It was good and she has um, some good moments like towards the end and when she's sort of more in your party the sort of beginning-ish middle section of the game. Cuz mm -hmm. there's a huge period where she's just not in it for a while um and doesn't really do anything yeah. true but i think that's that's obviously because you know she pushes herself to such a ridiculous extent for clive so it's like she has to rest for a long time yeah. um yeah <coughs> yeah but yeah i like jill too um and, and i think as well characters? with jill like with jill her like jill's like motivation or what jill wants like her end goal really is she just wants a life yeah like that's all she really wants mm. like she just wants to be able to live her life well it's because ever she since wants, she was a young she's... girl she was taken yeah used as a you exactly know, ward yeah. for rosalith which she didn't even really want mm -hmm. anyway and then taken from rosalith and used as a slave by the iron kingdom and now yeah. is in a fight for bearers that she believes in but wished wished she didn't have to you know she yeah. just wants and to she live just, a normal yeah, life she she wants to win this fight so that she can just live because she's never had it before. Yeah. And I think that's quite a meaningful, like, motivation. Like, I think, you know, the fact that she is so passive is because she's been passive her whole life. Yeah. Like, 
this all she knows mm -hmm. is to just follow along with whoever the leader is yeah. it just so happens that when clive becomes the leader it allows her to open up more and discover who she is because it's not like an oppressive leader yeah. that's like you know trying to control her and you know choose her future for her or whatever mm -hmm. so like that slowly gets brings her out of her shell um and you know we get to that side quest and it's sort of like you know she just kind of says what she wants yeah ultimately and it like just makes a lot of sense it just feels right <clears throat> and i think that's that's what's quite good about jill yeah as a character i liked her i, I thought she worked and yeah mm -hmm. she was cool um yeah other couple of other side quests uh, side characters that i thought were cool were like uh goots mm -hmm. and blackthorn uh, Gertz, and yeah. lady karen yeah lady karen especially mm -hmm. i really liked uh, especially yeah. her side quests that were sort of more involved with her a little bit. I liked her a lot. Even though, obviously, she was a miserable cow for the entire thing, but it's like, that's her personality. Like, she's she's so hardened that she's, like, almost can't show affection, but shows it in her own sort of way, where she's very sarcastic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked Lady Karen. Uh, Hippocrates, absolutely great guy. I love him. I'd always just check up. Check. He didn't even have any new lore. I just check up on with him because I like him in in the, in the mm. shelves. Um, yeah. Who else? Uh, can't think of any main characters. I mean, we've not we've not talked about Joshua or Dion. Yeah. But I, I mean, but I guess they kind of play <clears throat> so heavily into the main story. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. It's hard to talk about either of them without branching off into like twenty other different fucking topics. Um, we'll, yeah. We'll get I to think those. let's just. Let's, let's just, just get into start it. at yeah. the start. Yeah, let's, just... let's just get into it, and we'll we'll work our way it. through and yeah. talk about these characters. So the beginning of the game, like we obviously we already did a spoiler cast on the demo. Yeah. We already talked about the demo. So you know where the game picks us up. Um, I guess the game is sort of split into like arcs almost. Like you can kind of <laughs> feel like where where each bit like story arc starts and ends. Yeah. And the first one is really from that beginning to uh, uh what's it called the nice like, defile uh yes where yeah, yeah. titan and shiva clash yeah. yeah 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 from yeah from from there to i reckon it's probably probably when <clears throat> ifri wakes up for the first time yeah. and you fight garuda mm -hmm. that's probably your first major arc of the game yeah um, where you get your first taste, you get to meet the hideaway, you get to see all those characters, you meet up with Sid, you reunite with Torgal, um, and you're off looking for this, you know, icon of fire, for yeah. this dominant of fire that we think, or Clive, well, Clive, Clive says he thinks is the one that killed Joshua, but there's also part of me that still thinks, jo like, Clive knows what really happened, He does. Right? I like... mean, there's a scene early on, I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter, where um, mm -hmm. um, Clive and Torgal are walking over this bridge, and halfway through the cutscene, Clive just stops and stares off into the water. And it's like he's contemplating suicide, and Torgal, like, whines, and then it sort of snaps him out of it. Like, he knew already from the beginning that it was him. Is that not is that not after though? Is that scene not after he already turns into Ifrit? I I don't know. That's when I he's that's when remember. he's looking for the dominant of fire, but he's but he's but he's like ah, oh, but it was me. I okay, know it was me because okay. I just turned into. Well, it, but I, I, think, I think he did know anyway. I mean, it's there are several moments though before he does turn into Ifrit where he stares down at his hand. He does it when he's talking about Joshua. He'll yeah. look down at his hand and like make a fist. Yeah. Um, and he does it several times. Um, and I think one of the times he does it is when um, uh, um, 
Sid is talking to him about dominance and icons, mm -hmm. and like he's talking about like you know when they get reincarnated and stuff, and it's like he just kind of gets distracted and he just stares at his hand. Mm -hmm. I think Clive, I do think Clive knew he was just in such really a level happened. of denial that it was like, well, I have to see this lead through because if there's any possibility that it wasn't me, I want to make sure that it was that it's you know that I know the truth. Um, yeah, and I think I think he spent thirteen years denying the reality mm -hmm. because he like couldn't accept it and he didn't have and a chance to, to point, like, like investigate either because obviously he was enslaved by the empire so it's like he just had to yeah. deal with it yeah to, de to, to deal with it he had to conclude that someone else murdered his brother mm -hmm. because there was like he was not in the state after what happened at phoenix gate to admit to himself that was me that did that no because he just couldn't no um and i think it also you know there is a moment later on where he says like like in the moment where he realizes and accepts the truth, he does sort of admit. He's like, you know, I I ran from the truth because I, you know, I couldn't admit yeah. what I did or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what did you? So what did you think playing that sort of opening bit just up until you fight with Garuda? Like, what was your thought process of like where the story was going, and also like what who this guy in the hood was too, and like you know where that was going to lead. <clears throat> At first, I thought that. I genuinely, I was with Clive, I genuinely believed that Ifrit, that Clive had the power of Ifrit, but it wasn't him that was controlling it. That's mm. what I thought. I thought this other hooded figure was the man that awoke Ifrit in him at Phoenix Gate and was controlling Ifrit and Clive was just watching. I, I, I still don't understand how Clive was just watching. I don't, I, I finished the game and he I wasn't. don't get that. He wasn't though. He was he was Ifrit. He just he well see this is the thing right because I don't know if the game explores this in any of the lore or anything. Mm -hmm. But he's just like looking through Torgal's eyes. But how does he do that? I don't know. I I will be. I like I don't know. Because uh, yeah, because we concluded before that yeah, it is through Torgal's eyes. But, but I but assumed how? now <laughs> that it wasn't. He never Torgal's does it eyes. again. Yeah, he doesn't ever do um, it again. It's never mentioned again. He doesn't talk about it ever again. Yeah, it's weird, and yeah. no other icons are able to watch themselves. Fight. Yeah, like, it I, just doesn't make sense. I think there's several parts <laughs> of this game that's a little bit weird. Like yeah. the guy in the hood, right? Yeah. Is Joshua, but also there's a, but also isn't too. It was like an evil because... version. I yeah, it was like an evil Clive at first. I was like, oh, he's gonna bring the hood down. It's gonna be like an evil Clive. And they do do that, but obviously it's like in his head, yeah, right? Yeah. So like. So, but that's what's so weird about it because when he like after he realizes he's a free he keeps seeing this apparition of the guy in the hood um and he just stops or, seeing him but then but then he also sees the guy in the hood before he fights garuda it's i think what makes it so strange is that joshua is also dressed exactly like this apparition that clive keeps seeing yeah like did joshua know to dress like that to <laughs> Like it's just for the audience, isn't yeah, it? That's I think the it point. Is. Like it's, it's like it doesn't like it makes man? no sense. And then yeah. it's revealed, oh, the hooded man's Joshua, and it's like, wait, so who is the one that Clive was seeing? Is that just his PTSD, or is that like, a, is that symbolism yeah. for something, or is it just a plot hole they forgot about? It's literally just so that we don't know what's going on. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what that's for, which is a bit dumb. It is a bit dumb, but. But I can know. let it slide because the rest of the game is so good. But yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, almost it's like just the one of demo. those things. Parts of it don't fit into the rest of the story, <clears throat> or like the uh, think so? what happens after the demo. I mean, sorry. 
like directly I think it's, after it. It's it's interesting. It's it's mostly strange because you first see the guy in the hood at Phoenix Gate. That's the first time you see the guy in the hood. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that is an apparition we find out. Yeah. That's something that he saw, right? Yeah. And so is the one when he goes back to Phoenix Gate and goes into the apodotry and he see then you got like it, the guy in the hood takes his hood down and it's Clive and that's when he has the whole internal conflict like that was not real mm. but before Ifrit fights Garuda Clive sees the guy in the hood and Sid also can see the guy in the yeah. hood so that was Joshua yeah and so who was the so what so it so that was Joshua I guess it must have it been it must have been because Sid you, saw him too yeah yeah, but then you get to the top of the hill, <laughs> He's not and there. the guy in the hood is standing on the edge of the oh, the, the cliff, and then Garuda destroys the cliff, and it's like, oh wait, so was that that couldn't have been Joshua because he'd be like dead unless it was Ultima. I just, I just don't. The know. only explanation I can think of for all of this is Ultima did it. I mean, or maybe yeah, it was because I mean, Clive was was Muthos. Some like something happened. I don't know. Maybe that was, like, Sid was will. just. Maybe Sid was also able to see the apparition too. It's just, I think it's, I think what, I think the thing that makes it so confusing is that Joshua is just dressed the same as this apparition that Clive's yeah, been seeing. That's yeah. what like makes it difficult to understand what's going on. Yeah. Because it's like, that is, there is no reason they for it. They should have just fucking had him wearing Organization 13 robes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it would have made more sense because that's when it, that's what they do in Kingdom Hearts. They've like worked into the lore that everyone wears these same black coats. So it's not weird when you see two people wearing black coats. Yeah. But in this universe, in 16, it is. It it's like, why sense. is Joshua dressed exactly the same as this thing that Clive has been seeing for 13 years? Yeah. Like, why? And then as soon as you find out it's Joshua, he doesn't wear it anymore. Yeah. Like, he's always just wearing his new outfit. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but you also, you don't ever see that apparition again. Like, it doesn't go anywhere. No, yeah. It's just, it just stops. Yeah. It is a it's bit It's got to be Ultima. It's got to be him, like... Well, it is, yeah. I mean, it's like Ultima getting into his head, right? Yeah. That's the point. I assumed but... it was leading him to Garuda because it was like, well, he wants him to absorb the power of Garuda, so he led him to Garuda. Yeah. That's well, that what I'm going to headcanon that it is. <laughs> it's, but uh, that makes sense. It's Ultima. And also, I think yeah. him seeing through Torgal's eyes may be something about Torgal being like, you know, the icon wolf thing that's like, you know, sworn to protect the icons. It's like they have a connection or something like that. That's the only thing that I can explain that away with. See, the thing is, though, they, <coughs> they explain that like Torgal has like a more of a connection to Jill. Yeah. So like it would make sense if Jill was able to do that. But I'm it like, would. why is Clive able to do that? Yeah, and why does he never do it again and it never comes up I don't ever? I just don't know. It's a bit strange. Maybe. And what I, if he's not even seeing it through Toggle's eyes? What if that's just what everyone's assumed? Why is it green though? It's, it's got red, like a isn't green. It? No, it's got a green like tint over it. Oh shit! Like as if it's like dog colorblind vision. And also, he says know. like Toggle. He's like yeah, Torgle? he does. does. Yeah. So Toggle's right there, and Toggle's not spe- not seeing like Toggle's not next to Clive because Clive is a freak. So. It doesn't make sense. It, gen- yeah, it actually, actually doesn't, doesn't make any sense. I have no there. fucking clue. She lives in that Phoenix Gate, and she would be with Torgal. So why the fuck is Torgal there? Yeah, I have no idea what. Like, the only thing is, maybe Clive wasn't. I was gonna say maybe Clive wasn't seeing through Torgal's eyes. Maybe it's just us. But then he also he's he like watching himself. It. Like he, yeah, he's like he like believes like he's watching Ifrit kill yeah. Joshua. It Weird. doesn't make sense. Weird. I- 
I can overlook it because the rest of the game is so good, but it genuinely doesn't make any fucking sense. Someone needs to explain that. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone in the comments please, explain honestly, that. Someone must be able to explain that. It was all it Ultima, okay? That's that's the, my only explanation for it. It, it was, was all, all Ultima, Ultima magic. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, I guess that's the that's the whole beginning bit, and you've got then, you know, the 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 aftermath of him turning into Ifrit and realizing, you know what he is mm-hmm. i also have the question that i need to ask which is why was he naked in the when he's chained up because oh, what do you wait so this is the second time he turns into a freed uh yeah when he fight just after the garuda fight okay um, and uh, he has to be stopped by by sid oh uh, i don't know into ramu he's and then he, he then we him. see him yeah like he did he ha- literally did he did because because other icons it, have gone back to their human form and their clothes haven't been gone. Yeah, okay, and Clive does too. Ridiculous. Clive does that too. Yeah, he does <laughs> do that. This is, this is getting, that's got to be just for the sake of something. It's because it's know. it's because it's more dramatic of a scene. Yeah, if like, Clive is naked. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like supposed to be symbolized. Like, oh, he's lost everything. Like he's yeah. you know hit rock bottom. But like it, like I get it thematically, but like logically, why? Like Sid had to yeah. have taken all of his clothes off. That's yeah. that's the only answer, that is, which is mental. yeah, that's the only logical answer. Like in world that Sid stripped him and <laughs> yeah, then chained him up. So funny, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then he literally comes in and gives him his clothes, and he's like, "Put your fucking clothes on." It's like, why'd you take them off then? Put your fucking like... clothes on, Kenway. <laughs> it's fucking Charles Vane. I want to go back to it Sid real quick because when I heard his voice, I was like, "It's fucking Charles Vane." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. Sid so much, though. The funniest thing is, too, he plays um, uh, Finchie in the UK office, which is Finchie. really weird. Oh, God, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I Chris watched Finch. a tiny bit of The Office, yeah, and I remember his character. Yeah. Yeah, the guy that, like, bullies uh, Ricky Gervais's character. Well, like, Ricky Gervais's character loves him. Looks That's up to him amazing. Like it's, Ricky Gervais's yeah. mate is in Final Fantasy. <laughs> But yeah, I fuck, going back to just Sid in general, like as a character, I loved him immediately, mm-hmm. like just just yeah. straight away, um, directly mm-hmm. off the bat. Yeah. Uh, when does he it's say that line theme. where he's like, "Oh, uh, if you find out this hooded man didn't kill your brother, then kill yourself." Or whatever. The oh fuck yeah, he that's says. yeah. That happens just just yeah just following the when he's chained up and shit. Yeah. When you first go out and you go to look for the for the dominant of fire or whatever, and yeah. Clive's like, but. But if Reese is me, yeah, and then Sid, Sid's like, well, we're gonna do it anyway because Gav's taken the time. To yeah, work for yeah. Him. So <laughs> there's, there's that. Yeah. Sid is just Sid, so based. Like so Sid's great. fucking good. Yeah. Like I just and I like. I, love I think as well the way Sid works his way into Clive's arc. Like you see after the time skip, especially you see so much of Sid in Clive. Yeah, yeah. Like it's so it's so well executed like especially when you go back and you you know you see the beginning of the game you're like god clive is so different from the clive at the end of the game he just feels like such a different character like he's He's so so, like young and naive and unsure of himself and just broken like because obviously he's had such a hard life up to that point and sid almost puts him back together and yeah sid is like that push that he needs to find a purpose and to decide what he's going to do with himself Mm -hmm moving forward it was like, like a Sid's guy that very like, he, like didn't judge him at all for anything he was just like look i'm chill with you you can come with me and we'll yeah. work it out like it's just the perfect dude that clive needed yeah and there's a very like you know he has that <laughs> conversation with you outside martha's rest when 
uh, Clive and Jill are on their way to Phoenix Gate, where he says like, you know, you you, you know about saving himself, and yeah. you know he might still be able to save himself and yeah. whatnot. And I think that's just like Sid was just such like a. He's just, it's the exact, like, sort of figure that Clive needed at that point in yeah. his life. It just makes so much sense for him to be that character that's there for him. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, he never judged him and he never forced him into anything. No. Like, he was never like, oh, you need to make sure you join us. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just like, look, if you want to, then we'll have you. Yeah. But if not, then it's fine. Yeah. Like, you can do whatever you want to do. You can die and on his own terms. Yeah, and I really like that, that they have that conversation at first where Sid talks about, you know, he has that... Thing where he's like the reason i'm fighting is because we should have a right to die on our own terms yeah. and after clive comes to terms with his what's been going on with him and who he is he then instills in sid the idea that we should actually be fighting to live on our own terms yeah yeah and it's that's such a great moment it is yeah um that just just works so well um and they do the oath oh that happens way later on actually that happens way later on that does happen later on yeah 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 because the the bit when the bit when they talk about living on their own terms that's when they first play the final fantasy main theme which is really nice (laughs) (laughs) no not that one that's prelude is that not oh okay What's the final? No, fa- Where, what the fuck is the, the final, final fantasy, fantasy main theme? Is the one? It's the one that plays at the end of Final Fantasy fifteen. No, I do not remember that game that well. It's 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 go, it goes like it's like um. Fuck! I can't even think of how it goes now. It's like my my mind's blanking. All I can think about is prelude. I thought the fucking no, main prelude. theme was prelude. It plays in all the fucking games. It's the main menu. Nah, theme prelude's for all the fucking prelude. Games. The main theme is the one that's like. Duh, duh. Shit, I can't. How does it go? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, why can't I? I can't even think about it. I can't even think about. It. I can't even envisage it in my mind anymore. Oh, it's a fucking. It's good so iconic theme, too. It? No, it's fucking good. How does it go? <laughs> it's the one that's like. It's like. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a banger. That's a banger. Yeah. I did not know yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the Final Fantasy main theme. I had no idea. Yes, it is. It's called. Final Fantasy, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I can I can <clears throat> imagine it in, in my head now. Now, now that you've yeah, you've, you've hummed yeah. it so eloquently for yeah. me. <laughs> Thank you. I try <laughs> my best. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that's that whole segment. I mean, so to talk about, I guess the next major beat um, is the accepting the Benedicta. Oh fuck! It. There's too much. There's too much. There's so okay, much. Ben- Benedicta is a really good character, and I like her a lot. I like her. Uh, she reminded me of Cersei Lannister a little bit. Um, I like the scene where she just wants to fuck around and shoots a big blast of air into those dudes for no reason, and then tells them to call them a wanker or something. I don't remember what she says, but she like it's like yeah. she's pissed off about something. I don't remember what it was. But it's like she just she's like with her guards and they piss her off. So she just fucking blasts them with air for no reason. Yeah, that's that's the thing I really like about <clears throat> Benedicta. It's her character is almost like like that. Like you can tell that because her and Sid had a relationship and they were together and they were like on the same page. Yeah. But they separated and went off and did like polar opposite things, mm-hmm. but for like the same reasons. Yeah. And the the reason was that they both felt powerless. Yeah. Like. 
Sid felt powerless, and so he 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 uses that to fight for the bearers yeah. and to you know fight back against the the system and the the society they live in. Mm-hmm. Benedicta feels powerless, and so she does everything she can to grasp as much power as she possibly yeah. can. She joins the like, side that's... of the powerful instead of yeah fighting against because them. It's, because it's like the safest for her. Like she's yeah. just so scared of being powerless again that she's like doing everything she can to play it as safe as possible. Yeah, and like that's why she teams up with barnabas and that's why she fights for walud and that's why she just like you know tries to keep in line and that's why she like you know does what she does where you know she there's that guy that's like oh do you not think i've been loyal or whatever and she just kills him or like the guy that brings clive back into camp and she kills him straight away Mm -hmm. um and that's why she also freaks out as soon as she loses garuda yeah she doesn't know what to do because she's like i'm gonna lose everything like i'm completely powerless now that i've lost the one thing that like gave me any sort of status that was super interesting Um, um, I liked that scene. Which was good. Performance was yeah, insane yeah, yeah. as well. Um, yeah, yeah. From really whoever good. played Benedict, I don't know who it was, but just you feel pity for her. <coughs> it's like this woman yeah. that causes so much sort of anguish and is so like antagonistic, and you still feel pe- pit- pity for her in that moment because you understand why she was grasping so hard in the first place. Um, yeah, yeah. And then the whole fight with Garuda, obviously that we talked about, we talked briefly about it earlier. Uh, Ifrit fucks her up. Um, yeah. obviously because he's a fucking absolute shad um, and then the scene after the fight um, is also oh, so really you get to see Odin and Bahama oh that's that's also that a happens. fucking sick yeah. scene yeah that is a great scene that was insane yeah. I wish I would have seen them clash again to be honest like that was just amazing um, very very two cool. of probably like, the most powerful icons in Valisthea um, yeah and yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's the it's the icon of light and the icon of darkness. Yeah, both clashing. It's fucking awesome. Super cool, like the two mightiest sort of kingdoms in 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 the twins, uh, yeah. and their sort of figureheads fighting on the battlefield was just super cool to see. Um, and then after uh, the scene directly after you defeat Garuda, where Sid confronts Benedicta, is also really good too. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's great. And there's that shot. It's like she, like the last sort of life ebbs out of her, and like there's that shot of just Sid walking away, sort of solemnly. Yeah, and that it's was like so good. that scene you sort of understand in that moment their dynamic together, and it's like, oh, it's a shame that she couldn't have just changed her mind, because he was yeah. willing to forgive her for what she'd done, but yeah, she exactly. just wouldn't accept the forgiveness. So it's just like it's just a shame that they couldn't have made amends. And yeah, they had and to it goes to, to show like that's what the society they live in does to people like that's what drove benedicta to be the way she was was the way the world is and that like you know again solidifies sid's goal and his fight and uh that of clive too Mm. so i think that's yeah very solid arc very good first arc very good very good yeah and it just leaves you wanting more because it's like well if that's the the first sort of proper arc of the second arc of the game, I suppose, because the first one is from the beginning to Phoenix Gate. That's like the mm-hmm. second arc of the game. Well, technically, the the first arc of the main game. It's like yeah. what else is there after this? You know, that can, that can come. Yeah. Like it's such a strong, fucking start. Um, oh, and then obviously Sid takes us back to the hideaway because uh, Clive's mm-hmm. like got to go with him. Or is is this when Clive? This no. is when they they go back Clive to the had hideaway. Clive decided this is when... that he wanted to join them, hadn't he? No, no, no. This is Clive wakes up naked for some reason, and then um, and he says he's like, I can't, like, I need to figure myself out. Mm-hmm. 
and um like do what it, like i need like because that's when jill wakes up and he goes and speaks to jill yeah. and they decide to go back to phoenix gate yeah um and that's when they go off and you go to martha's rest for the first time which is just a fucking <coughs> vibe like i do like martha's so rest cool. it was yeah um, yeah i loved wandering around that town and listening to the music and just yeah, yeah. it's just so nice um it would have been nice if you could have slept at the the inn and stuff yeah but, you know, another little drink you know yeah. you know little, little things like that it's an rpg nice, for christ's but... sakes come on yeah give me some, some RPG. rpg in yeah damn it honestly um but yeah you get that and then the next sort of like i guess major thing that happens is when you return when you get to eastport and you uh you meet up with uh hannah uh the oh, husband God, yeah. of murdoch mm-hmm. um yeah which is a uh, you know that's again like that's clive's like the the consequences of his actions coming back to yeah. bite him it's like he has to face to this woman that. that you know yeah so murdoch was there at phoenix gate right and it was yeah. because of clive that he died clive killed him he yeah. was caught in the the blast that sort of yeah, destroyed yeah, yeah. all the you know all the rubble and stuff like that so it was his fault yeah, so he had yeah. to face this woman knowing that he he was the cause of her pain yeah, and she doesn't know as yeah, well. Yeah, because she's like, thank God you're back, Lord Rossfield. Like, I've never yeah. thought I'd see you again. Um, she's the one that gives him his father's clothes, clothes right? Yeah, yeah that, that scene's great. Because uh, obviously I was like, God, when's Clive going to get his outfit that he's wearing on the front cover? And he mm. finally gets it, and it's like, oh, look at him. It looks sick. It looks so sick. Yeah, and his huge chest is just fucking... You know that 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 yeah. that shirt cool. is barely fucking hanging on, dude. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's great. I love it. Oh god, yeah, but yeah, he looks super cool. He's got those sick gauntlets and like, yeah, the nice like cape. It's yeah, like super cool. It's really really nice. Yeah. it's very cool. Um, and that's also just before that is when him and Jill have their first sort of like heart to heart conversation. Yeah, in the, in the, I, guess, in the I guess like a barn thing. or something. Oh wait, am I thinking it's, about the wrong it's scene? The what? The one at night when, when they're sleeping, they're looking, yeah, they can yeah. see the moon. Like, yeah. yeah, they're sleeping like outside. Yeah, yeah I think it's in a barn. Yeah, um, it's like a derelict building with no roof. Yeah, and they're they're looking up at the moon, and like it reminds Clive of when they were, you know, kids or whatever. Yeah, um, and that's just like a really nice moment between them. It's like the first moment where you're like, oh, look, you can see something between these two. Yeah, um, and it's like it's very clear that Jill is going to be an important like you know rock for clive mm-hmm. because he needs that person there like obviously <clears> he's got sid and he's got toggle and like these people that are willing to support him but jill is a bit different and yeah, i think jill is like, like there from the i guess toggle's there from the beginning but she's like a person that he can confide yeah, in. yeah it's different it's different yeah, yeah. and i think it yeah she that's the first time you see that and you're like like she instills in him a sense of confidence that he needs yeah it's almost like as much as Sid is, is is helping, you know, Clive, it's like Jill is also there to to spur him on and make him realise that his life isn't just worthless and that he should die. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she's there to like he he should be there for her. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> for sure. And I and that that is then what leads us on to returning to Phoenix Gate. Yeah. Where you have, you know, your first interaction with, you know, going to a fallen dungeon and that's really fucking cool. Yeah, that was very um, cool. 
very Final uh, very Fantasy 14. one. Well, I was going to say the dungeon and design 14, is very yeah. 14 because just the fucking yeah, yeah, corridor. Yeah, true, yeah. um, yeah, true, true, true. Um, <laughs> but we've talked about corridor. that already, I think. I think we talked about that before. We have, we? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we did. We did talk about that. Um, that's okay. But the culmination, um, the culmination of that dungeon is, of course, Clive's introspective moment mm-hmm. where he has to confront what he did. Oh, and he's like, is that when he holds his incredible. head and he's like, ah, and then he goes into like a trance. Yes. Yeah, yeah. everything goes black and white. It's the and classic Final the... Fantasy thing of yeah. the main character holds their head and there's a loud noise and that's <laughs> that's what the is. that the classic is. Final Fantasy? Yeah, oh, it happens yeah, in true. 14. I mean, it happens in 7. It happens in 7. Re- yeah, it happens Every in 7 and it happens in yeah, 14. And it happens true, in yeah. 15 as well. Multiple yeah, times. Yeah, right. Okay, fair enough. Every Final fair Fantasy, enough. it's it's four for four. They for do me. they do it a few times. Yeah, it's all, yeah, true. It's also in eight. It happens in eight as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they do do that. Um, but yeah, that that is what happens, and we get we then have this moment where Clive is in this like apparition of Phoenix Gate. Yeah, where he sees before him Ifri killing Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And he has to admit to himself what happened. And I think it's just, like, that moment, that whole se- sequence, is one of the greatest depictions of coming to terms with or accepting, like, the guilt and trauma that has, like, festered in you for, like, over a decade. Yeah. Like, him being able to come to terms with that and admit what he did and confront it... Yeah. ...is just so, <clears throat> like, well executed. It's a very powerful and moment. Because it's, it's like he finds this resolve yeah and he just faces it and he's like you know what i did it yeah i've got to deal with the reality of it yeah it's like the truth of the matter is he killed joshua and he is a free and he is the dominant this dominant of fire yeah and he has to accept that if he has any hopes of continuing he can't keep wallowing and being like oh no what did i do like he has to take responsibility and Mm -hmm. be like i did do this yeah but it doesn't have to define me forever no like I can I can do I can do something more with this and you know push on and you know make some sort of change. Yeah. And I think that's really good and I think it's it's you know very similar and mirrors in a way um and other people have said this too in the comments of my videos and stuff but there's a moment <coughs> in Final Fantasy 4 that's very similar mm-hmm. which is is you know this moment if anybody knows it, I won't spoil it for anybody but for anyone that yeah. knows Final Fantasy 4 um the moment Cecil has in Mount Ordeals it's very similar but almost like a reverse of it and i think it's it's really cool to see that here it's very similar um and it allows then clive to it's almost like clive broke his like mind into two halves when he killed joshua Mm -hmm. it's like there's the part of him that knows what happened to the part of him that's been running from it and they both like come together to like destroy the guilt that is within him and obviously that's symbolized by the ifrit the evil ifrit that he that shows yeah. up uh, which yeah. weird i mean i i think in our last podcast as well i also likened the story with the icons to naruto and once again this scene is very similar to something that happens in naruto where because mm. he's got this demon fox inside of him and <laughs> he goes into this yes he's got this demon fox inside <laughs> of him could fox. you imagine that <laughs> imagine having a demon fox inside of you that's yeah. you when you do something it's me when I'm evil like out of pocket <laughs> yeah. we've all got a demon fox inside of us alright it's just waiting to come out but uh there's like this moment where I think 
it's not in it's not in the same way where he's well I guess it is because for his whole life as a kid he's he's known that there's something wrong with him and everyone shuns him because they know this demon is inside of him and he sort of he comes to terms with it and it's also the same sort of situation where he fights the fox inside of him it's like where Clive fights Ifrit inside of him it's very similar in that sense um, yeah. they both have very similar moments where it's like oh I've got to fucking get a, get a hold on this or I'm done sort of thing and yeah. they're both very powerful moments it's just weird that I've been able to draw two comparisons between Naruto <laughs> and uh, Final Fantasy if 16. it happens a third time it was on purpose yeah exactly as they were copying that's Naruto. the rule I think <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um, yeah no it's a really good moment um, yeah just the music the way it swells and like oh my god find the flame like he draws his sword and he's just oh god it is it's incredible and it has that it has um that little motif whatever it's called from 14 there's like a dungeon in 14 or something that has it's like the bit that goes oh how does it go that bit yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's that was originally in fourteen. If you listen to the fourteen version, holy fuck, it's the biggest glow up ever. It's it's, it's, it's classic Final Fantasy. Sokken <clears throat> is just channeling his inner Uematsu and reusing Uematsu melodies. Did the soundtrack for Final Fantasy. All of them. All of them. Okay. He's the original composer. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I see. I see. What's the most recent one that that they've done? He did. Uh, Seven remake was the most recent one. Okay, he did. that makes sense that he would be the one to do that. And then it was but the woman that, did that 15, I think. Right? Yeah, Yoko Shimomura did fifteen. Yeah, she did bits. She did a good job. Yeah, she's uh, Kingdom Hearts. <clears throat> oh, fucking course. Yeah. Fucking legend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that that is good. That's one of the best parts of fifteen is her soundtrack because she's fucking yeah, yes, incredible composer. Genius, yeah. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, the moment where Clive just the music swells up and he draws his sword. And it's just like, right, it's do or fucking die. Yeah, I love it. There's so many like great moments. Like Clive has a lot of fucking good one liners. He does. I will say. He does. It's like there's that moment that's when he when he when he like activates the like well, I don't know if it's when he activates the limit break or when he pulls his sword out, but mm-hmm. he says like he's like, I, you're not Ifri, I am. Mm-hmm. And that's when he like, you know, yeah. transforms. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um It's very cool. Oh. It's very cool. Yeah, that and whole section like, just, was really fun. Yeah, just some really good shit. Like, I, I, I like particularly, the sh- there's one shot I really like from that sequence where it's him standing next to younger Clive. Oh, and yeah. And younger Clive transfers the flame from his hand to older Clive's. Yeah. And I really like that. I think that's a great... It's like him finally trusting himself with the flames that he's been running from his entire life. Like, you know... Yeah. His yeah. older version of himself good. going, you, you can handle this now. Like, you don't have to leave it behind. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that's very, very cool. Um, and that's, you know, obviously just like a fantastic sequence where Clive comes to terms with that. He doesn't let go of the trauma. Like, it's still there. It Like, it's not... What I like about it is it's not this moment of him got letting go and being like, okay, mm-hmm. now we've moved on. Let's yeah. just move on. Like, yeah. it's it's always there. He's just not letting it define him or crush him or push him down, mm-hmm. like, which I think is quite nice. Yeah, it is good. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you wouldn't just get over killing your brother. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't just um, say an epic line and then just get over it. Like it remains, but you can. Yeah, you know, he was able to deal with it better because he found this new sense of resolve. Um, exactly, and I will say just to put it back a bit <clears throat> because we there is a bit that happens before this, which is where Margrace takes his hood down, mm-hmm. and you realize. Well, do you real? I don't know. I didn't real. I didn't realize it was Joshua. Really? At first, yeah. No, he has the same fucking hair. 
Yeah, I know. It's obvious, like, in hindsight. It also plays Joshua's theme, too. Oh, I wouldn't have noticed um, that, but I was, like, straight away, like, that's obviously Joshua. But I was convinced he was completely dead. I mean, I don't even so, know how he, came, how he came back. I don't think they ever no, explained it. they don't ever explain it, He's which just is another Phoenix. issue, he but Phoenix. that's fine. It's okay, he's um, Phoenix. That's his, you literally his could have explained it as that. Someone could have just said that. Yeah, like, like it's the, the flames, flames of rebirth. rebirth. Yeah, like, they could have yeah. just said that so easily. Yeah. But they didn't. They decided not to say it. And maybe like, it was he just so survived. Obvious. Maybe. But I guess it's maybe. not. Because it's like you see Ifrit like, tear his wings off and like stomp on his face. I was yeah. like. And then he impales him and then it blows the whole place up. Yeah. Like it leaves a huge crater. Yeah. Like, where did Joshua go? Yeah. Like. How did he escape I, that? Yeah. And how did Yote get him out of that? I don't yeah, know, I don't know. I don't know. It's another one of those classic body. Final Fantasy moments where, like, don't think about it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, oh, God. It's fucking classic Final Fantasy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so you, you, so you, so you knew it was Joshua. Yeah, straight away. Okay. I thought, what I thought, because I'd also convinced myself of this, is that it was like a real, like, a reincarnation that just looks like joshua mm-hmm. like that it was the next in, like the next phoenix okay. that was like as joshua died it immediately re- reincarnated or something okay. into like someone else i mean that and, also like, makes sense yeah that's what i thought mm-hmm. and i didn't realize until the moment at, at drake's head i just thought you know cool. yeah 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 drake's head um i just saw but... blondie with blue eyes who's been mysterious for He's the entire not game blonde. Well, he's pretty much blonde. It's ginger. Because, oh, like, really, fire. Though, is it? That is not yeah. ginger. Yeah, it is. Joshua's, it's a Joshua's really got light, red hair. It's a really light ginger. When he's a kid, it's way more ginger than when he's older. It looks blonde. Hang on, I'm, I'm Googling it. I'm searching it. Joshua Rossfield. That's red, dude. Fucking search this shit up. Look at this. I'm, I'm sending it to you on Discord. This picture. It's well, red. Oh, yeah, I guess it is, yeah. I it's don't know why so I always red. saw it as blonde. I don't know why. It's strawberry blonde, all right, because that is not fucking ginger. I've seen people it, way more ginger than it that. It is complete ginger. But he needs to sort That's... it out because he's the icon of fire, and I've seen people in real life that have more ginger hair than that. <laughs> Fuck you, Joshua. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, but yeah, but yeah, that was that was that whole sequence, and what that then leads to is you go back to Eastpool, mm-hmm. and you find out that Annabella's sent guys to just slaughter everyone in the town because they found out they were you know keeping keeping bearers and stuff yeah that was um, a horrific moment it's like this horrible a, fucking yeah fucking just massacre yeah the massacre of the town but what it leads to is clive decides at that point that he's going to join up with sid yeah. and that they need to make a difference because because of how much of a problem it is yeah and part of that comes from like it's a, it's a build-up of events um of you know seeing the the bearers in the church at martha's rest um of meeting with hannah of talking with martha and what she does for the bearers and even when he was um, a kid when he no when he you know that bearer yeah, like knocks yeah. into him or whatever or what is it he like what is it that he does i don't remember that scene but it, he dropped he drops an apple on yeah the ground yeah and he's and like clive picks it up and dusts it off and gives it back sees the way that his master's treating him and he's just like it's okay like you know lift your head yeah. you know you don't need to yeah it's like all of yeah, these exactly. things have culminated to him being like, okay, so this is clearly a root problem of the, the world that we live in that mm-hmm. bearers are not free. Yeah. And as well, he feels some responsibility learning that his mother is the one that ordered the slaughter of Eastport. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. So it's this, like, he's like, I'm partially responsible because my mother did it. So yeah, yeah. it's that, you know, that moment where 
he then goes back to the hideaway. And also that's the point where we see that somebody, I assume it was Harvard, sent Kupka Benedict's head in a box. Yeah. And said it was from Sid. Yeah. Um, which is Obviously then to Kupka, enrage the boy. Yeah. And Kupka sends his, uh, sends his uh, bloody man out to find Sid yeah. and deal some damage. Um, and that obviously comes back around later, but it does. From from this point on, this is where we get. This is obviously where we get the oath. Um, oh, good scene. Where they they stab the the daggers in the crystal, oh, God, which is so fucking good. I just love the symbolism great. of that. Mm-hmm. Like Sid and yeah. Clive's dagger just like protruding out of this crystal. Because obviously, well, yeah. the big thing is that Sid, you know, believes that the mother crystals are causing the blight, which is like a huge thing. Um, mm-hmm. because obviously they're seen as you know like sacred things and everyone worships them so and everyone needs them to live in the in the way that they are currently like the world runs on crystals so it's like to find out that oh we're going to have to destroy them other crystals it's like that's crazy um, and it's sort yeah. of in a way reminded me of like Final Fantasy 7 destroying the Mako reactors uh, to save the, yeah, the lifeblood yeah, yeah. of the planet, whatever it is. Um, there is a very similar sort of thing there. I think that's one of the things I love about this game is that there's parts of it that are taken from like all of the Final Fantasies. I don't know whether we talked about this last podcast, but I definitely have <laughs> talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Which is that like you've got the evil empire, like in yeah. Final Fantasy two. You've got um, obviously all the crystals, like you've got in Final Fantasy one. Mm-hmm. You've got. Um, the focus on summons like in final fantasy 4 mm-hmm. and 6 and 9 you've got the the planet you know being sapped of all of its like you know you know life stream and whatnot like in final fantasy 7 um i guess like almost and... like final fantasy 1 you've got the um fantasy setting with the sort of futuristic stuff that's sort of from an old yeah, civilization yeah yeah exactly and as well <laughs> x death from final fantasy 5 is very similar to ultima in a lot of ways ah. from 16 and there's there's like there's all these little bits that feel like it's been sort of like just you know little bits just pick from all of the final fantasies mm. which i think is quite cool because it's almost like 16 is almost like a reboot it's like after the sort of fucky time that final fantasy has had over the last however many years it's almost like final fantasy 16 is like okay we're back yeah uh, so yeah, it's exactly. sort of fitting that it has all these aspects of the other games in there yeah which i think is very nice yeah um which is great but moving on from that Mm -hmm. we get the next the next major sequence is when you head to to oriflam to go into the to get the to get to get the first mother crystal yeah which is what's it called you know drake's something head is it not drake's head oh yeah it is yeah because that's like the most important one it's the one at the top like it's a shape like a shape like a dragon right is, it? is that not why it's called that like no i mean like the whole like the continent is oh oh so, is like, it drake's head is at the top drake's fang is like oh. at the bottom drake's spine is like what's know? the one that was in the northern kingdoms called drake's eye don't know uh all mother crystal names final fantasy 16 i need to know this no no were you what so that's 14 the mother crystal I didn't know there was a thing called the mother crystal in fucking 14 oh spoilers 
Is that... Wait, surely you've already known... Nah, that's... that's yeah, 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 Heidelin, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't even find the 16 wiki, thanks. Alright, brilliant. Doesn't even matter. Yeah, Drake's whatever the fuck. Drake's head is the Drake's one... Drake's head, found, breath, yeah. fang, tail, spine, eye, horn. Ah, so it is eye. Okay, I got yeah. it right. Yeah, so yeah. we go to War of Flam via Northreach. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because you have to go through Northreach to get to Oriflam. Um What happens yep. in Northreach before arriving in Or Oriflam? Uh, there's a lot of little bits and bobs there. The I Dane? mean, if we talk about them, we will be here all day. Yeah, yeah. Do sure. <laughs> <laughs> you remember this game? I, I skipped over it for time <laughs> because I was like, "There's yeah, no it's way." It's not really worth talking about. I mean. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. It's cool. There's some cool stuff in Northreach. It's cool, but um, I don't really remember it to be honest. But I'll have to. Play the next the major again. event is when you get to, you get to the Mother Crystal, and you reach your way there, and they're like figuring out the like, how are we gonna, how are we gonna take out the Mother Crystal? What do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Sid then turns into Ramu, which is cool. Yeah, that was sends a, cool a big one. lightning rod at it, and then it you know breaks, but mm-hmm. then. This is where things start to get fucky, which is fucking cool. Yeah. Which is where the fucking black portal opens and Typhon climbs through. Yeah, what is Typhon? Typhon is... I don't remember. I did, I did, I did know, because I remember <clears throat> reading the lore entry about it. But I've forgotten what Typhon is. Um, let, me, let me check. Final Fantasy sixteen Typhon. Uh, Typhon is also a summon in the older games too. I assume this much, yeah. Uh, Pretty creepy looking. Quite epic. Um, yeah. Yeah. He definitely is that. Uh, Typhon. Fuck, oh, fuck? he looks fucking weird in the old games. Yeah, he's pink. He's pink boy. He's a um, big, mad pink fucking pink and animal. he's got big, big teeth. He does. Typhon Final Fantasy 16. Um, but I believe he's, yeah, just a, he's just like a servant of Ultima. Like some sort of, I believe, like there's a theory or an idea that that he is one of, like that the, the Mother Crystals were born of a sacrifice from Ultima's people. Mm-hmm. And Typhon was one of those. So when you destroy Drake's head, it like lets him out. Okay, that makes sense. And you have to fight him sort of thing. Um, Why is there no other... Ultima's friends in any of the other Mother Crystals. Okay, uh, we won't know. question it. We won't question it because that is just don't, the plot hole. Just don't. Just don't. Just don't worry <laughs> about it. it might, that might not be true. I might, I might have made that up. Um, is it not? But I, I think I thought that Typhon was Ultima, just posing well, as Typhon. I mean, that's the thing because we don't know really if Ultima is like just a guy or whether Ultima is like whether all of his entire race is Ultima. Like That's what I that's what I gathered towards the end that Which I think is what it is, right? Like all of them gave up their physical forms and became one. Yeah. So like Ultima is the embodiment of his entire race. Yeah. I think is the point. But regardless, Typhon comes out, mm-hmm. everything's getting fucky, and Very that's cool when boss you fight with him. Yeah, you jump in, you have the sick boss fight. Um which is very very cool. That but this is where cool. everything then goes, you know, balls to the wall fucking mad much, because yeah. you you know sid's used up all of his power mm-hmm. to to send typhon back through the portal and get rid of him yeah. and that's caused him he's he's fucking on his last legs at this point yeah um on the ground and i mean at, at this point i was like 
because he he'd done this like multiple times where like he's out of breath or whatever mm-hmm. and he's like fucking coughing up blood and shit and i was yeah. like okay he'll, he'll be fine yeah i was like sid's um, fine like he's a badass there's no way that you know he's gonna die yeah like he'll be totally okay but then that's when ultima shows up for the first time behind clive mm-hmm. and goes to claim him as his vessel and sid uses the last of his strength to stab ultima through the throat yeah and stop him from claiming clive mm-hmm. which is uh you know what ultimately does sit in is given his giving his life to save clive that you know that one final time there yeah which is just you know such a great moment like having that that his final words to clive you know and uh, talking about you know before he met clive he could only think about you know fighting so they could die on their own terms but now he can see a new world where bearers can you know live on their own terms yeah it's like he believes just, in clive to carry on his legacy yeah exactly like he gives him that like giving him transferring his power of ramu to clive was like yeah. this sort of symbolism of like i trust you to do what i did mm-hmm. like you know you like you know the, everything's you know going to be good in your hands sort of thing yeah which is just deeply meaningful very beautiful moment and... but also made me feel bad when i didn't use ramu at all because it's shit <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah true true that's such a good point i also did not use ramu for a lot of the game yeah to be fair judgment um, bolt is incredibly powerful that's the ultimate it is very good it's yeah. sort of a cop yeah. out to just use all of those all the time um yeah but yeah i, yeah, I yeah. sort of felt bad after the after that and going oh, i'm gonna go back to garuda because <laughs> yeah. i was like oh yeah, i'm leaving yeah. shit's power behind i feel so bad but it sucks he has a shot yeah. lock though which was cool um he does have a shot lock like kingdom hearts <laughs> yeah um but yeah i mean just just incredibly emotional mm. i was not expecting sid to die no neither was like, i i thought he was going to be with us till the end such it genuinely caught me so off guard i was like i just i don't believe this is happening this is crazy yeah i was like how many fucking more people can die yeah it was like this is just yeah just completely unexpected but so impactful mm. and but it just shapes the so rest of sense. the game like that exactly that moment. yeah that's why there's a you know a um point of no return before it because it's so pivotal in the game yeah exactly and i think you know it's i think something quite meaningful about it is that by like sid gives his life essentially to save clive from ultima yeah so when sid when clive takes on the name of sid and fights that fight to finally defeat ultima yeah and free and like free the world essentially yeah it's it's so much more meaningful because it's like it's like sid made the right sid gamble did that yeah. yeah like he gives his life to save clive it's like and he then saw clive, clive what no one else could see yeah exactly and it just it just like like not even what clive could see in himself yeah like at at that point like clive was so unsure of himself and he he needed that push to believe in himself Mm -hmm. to be like i have to do this not because i believe in myself but because sid did yeah and that's what pushes him then on to take on the name of sid to lead the hideaway and to to do everything that happens for the rest of the game yeah um but before the time skip one of like a moment that i thought was so fucking brilliant is after sid dies joshua returns oh yeah and confronts ultima yeah. which is just a fucking brilliant Sixy. scene it's like the phoenix comes back it's so good and you've got this this you know 
Joshua is giving this heartfelt monologue mm. to Ultima, mm-hmm. and Ultima is just responding, just completely monotone. Yeah, like deadpan, doesn't care at all. Mm-hmm. And it's just this, this, you know, this, this like battle of words between yeah. two complete opposites. Um, it was very cool of, of like emotion, and I think it was just yeah, so fantastic. And I, I'm a sucker for like oh like this young defenseless kid that was so like weak comes back years later and he's like fucking epic yeah and he's and like got sick magic powers he's, and like, he's really casting fucking... and he knows more than yeah. everyone else like because he knew yeah, about yeah, ultima yeah. like long before anyone else did yeah 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 and that's it was just it's a very just cool very moment cool. like this battle of wits almost yeah um, and he's throwing yeah. these fireballs at him oh, um, God, i loved it and it's so awesome. But the, the bit that really got me is when Clive wakes up mm. and he like glances up and he can see Joshua. Yeah. But he can't he can't like muster enough energy to like properly call out to him or anything. Yeah. That got me, man. It just I was like, oh my god, this is Cl-. like that's him realizing Joshua's alive. Yeah. Which comes at the most perfect moment too. Like he's just lost Sid and he knows he has to take on you know this weight of responsibility. But what spurs him on even further is realizing that Joshua's really alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that he has got something to fight for. And, like, yeah. that's just, it just comes at exactly the right time. It does. It's perfect. And it makes so much sense. It, yeah. It, it is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I'm glad they didn't have an interaction at that moment because it wasn't the yeah, right yeah, time. Yeah. Like, yeah, if he would have exactly, sprung sure. up and gone, Joshua! And, like, they started chatting. It's yeah. like, that's, it's not the right time for that yet. <clears throat> Um, yeah, no, no, no. It made so much sense that that's what they did, and Joshua knew that he had to go off and do other things, that he had stuff that he had to pursue, mm. and that Clive had to have that time to, you know, figure himself out and, you know, like, work his way into Sid's shoes. Yeah. Um, Isn't this also the moment where Joshua takes Ultima into his chest? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? That is... Why does he do well, that? Well, how it happens, I don't know how he does it. But he does it because it stops Ultima from having the power to take Clive as a vessel. Okay. Because he's, like, within him. Yeah. But Ultima obviously has his will in other places. Mm-hmm. Like, he's able to... Because there's, like, you know... He's, like, this omnipresent being or whatever. Yeah. But I think I think Joshua doing that means that Ultima's not able to so easily just take Clive. It's because he's not whole. Probably, yeah. Well, I that's think what so. I saw it as, is that... And it's almost confirmed by the, by the ending bit where he where he you know um, absorbs all of the other versions of himself, whatever yeah. the fuck that is. It's yeah. almost like that that Ultima that Joshua has in him. So long as Joshua has that inside of him, Ultima can't get to Clive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that and makes so, the most sense. Yeah, that's why then at the very end when he releases that version, like because Ultima gets stronger and stronger across the game. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. Josh Joshua says like his will grows by the end, like yeah. to the point where he kills Joshua to mm-hmm. you know bring the thing out. But obviously, we're getting fucking ahead of ourselves. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that is that whole sequence. So that's the end of and that. That leads arc. us into well, it leads us into the, then the time skip. Yeah, where which was mental, like all of that stuff happens and then you're into this you know this next cut scene that just looks like you know trailer for assassin's creed mirage yeah. and then they're like walking through the then, fucking uh... streets with their hoods up and shit yeah it was great they're in dalmecchia um, right at that point 
yeah, 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 and that's when it comes up. Then after that cutscene, for I, I, that's what I loved about it. I love that it doesn't come up five years later and then play the cutscene. Yeah. It plays the cutscene, and then when they enter the house, then it just comes up in the corner five years later. And it's yeah. like what? It's like, Wait, God, what? That, I was like, whoa! Clive's got like a beard and longer hair. Yeah, and his looks voice is slightly awesome. deeper. Well, maybe it is. Maybe and, it isn't. Actually, I don't even know. And Jill looks identical. Yeah, she's because just doesn't w- age. women don't age. They don't age. Um, well, Clive's the only one that ages actually in the entire game. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, Joshua doesn't age either. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. We missed out an incredibly what? important part. Did we? Titans attack on the hideaway. Oh yeah, that's a fuck, huge yeah. part. Titan attacks the hideaway. The original and... hideaway. Sid's hideaway yeah destroys it they have to flee gav and that's when gav loses an eye yeah um bunch of characters like bunch of npcs die not important characters per se but like npcs characters that that are like they they're like named npcs yeah yeah yeah. because in side quest they come back around martel with her apples in the in the uh the the farm it's like one of the curiosities in in clive's room is those, those apples yeah 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 um, it's very yeah it's you know so there is that personal aspect to it but yeah that was also another shocking moment of like it was insane oh, shit. it's like we've lost like, everything like yeah like it's you know the lowest point and you know we, we come back around we learn that you know clive is being called sid now that he's it taken was great. On that mantle. Oh, the moment where he steps out to face those guards and he says that line that sid says um sort of at the beginning where he's like oh, oh I've got the line but it's like it's like he's joining the fight and he's like oh uh, do you mind if we if we add one more or something like that to the fight and that's yeah. like him referring to himself it's and that's that when Sid, he also Sid like says before he like sparks up like the Ramu lightning on yeah. his like arm as well yeah. and it's also playing Sid's theme too oh Sid's theme is so good which is really cool yeah and then you fight those guys and you fight the curl and you you know you move on and everything um there's you know some more good moments there but again like we'll literally be here all day if we talk about every little moment but what i thought was great afterwards is arriving at the new hideaway Mm. which is just great that it's like built into like it makes so much sense that you know sid's fucking hideaway is built into a fucking you know old fallen airship yeah um which is very cool cool. makes a lot of sense and it's surrounded by Um, water so they know that Ain't no one getting to them easily like they did last time. Yeah. Yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, it's it's very cool. And the, the track that plays in the new hideaway, uh, Our Terms, is really yeah. good. Boom, with the, oh, right. I can't even fucking recreate it, but you, you, know, <laughs> you know what I was going for there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so yeah, good. it's very, very good. That's fantastic sequence. Um, And just sort of like leads you into this new era of the game. Where Mid shows up, obviously everything changes and we you know we pick we pick up the pieces and we we move on mm-hmm. um the next i mean there's a lot that happens here but i don't know how much detail we want to go into i forget because, to be honest because the next arc is i think the next arc it uh, it's jill isn't it it's the jill arc what is the jill arc the where you go to the iron kingdom and you kill the iron kingdom guys and destroy oh you destroy that Drake's, crystal drake so the fuck it's called yeah whatever it's called that one oh, um fuck i barely even remember that and you meet you meet you meet byron um yeah classic who's, byron. who's cool i love byron he's very cool he is very cool um he gives me very like uh for anyone that knows final fantasy like galeth vibes um 
and sort of like maybe maybe Teller, maybe Strago, like those sorts of characters. He reminds me of him, especially later on in the game. He does some like little funny bits. He's a very um, jolly man, Byron. Yeah, I like Byron a lot. I think he's cool. Um, like and when he realizes like the... that Clive isn't dead. Yeah, that's a great moment. Yeah, you know where they embrace and like he cries and they just like you know. Yeah, that's a that's yeah, a great scene. Good moment. Um, Jill's arc, though, you know, just to I guess we'll start summarizing instead of going beat by beat. But Jill's arc in that in that that segment of the game where she goes to the Iron Kingdom and kills the guy and they destroy the Mother Crystal. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? that I, I fucking barely remember it to be honest. <laughs> I. Really? Well, that tells you how good it was. Well, yeah, but I also don't remember a lot of this game because I oh, played okay. it violently stoned. So it's like, ah, right. I, I remember the sense. huge moments and like I remember a lot of the, a lot of the later story, but like this point in the game, like I really don't remember an awful lot of it or how it how it sort of fits together. Like I thought the fucking scene with fucking Clive and Torgo at the bridge was after was before Benedicta, but it was afterwards. Um, no, it's after, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. It's when they're searching, when they're looking for Gav. Um, Anyway, yeah. So, okay, fine. So the Jill sequence, I think... I mean, I've talked about this briefly before, but I think... I think it's overall, like, it makes sense for her character. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything, like, wrong writing-wise. Like, I don't think it's, like, badly... Like, it makes sense. Everything makes sense. I just think I'm not hugely emotionally invested in it, mainly because it's just sort of... Like, I wish I could have played as her. And, like, I could have experienced it and, yeah. like, really felt for her. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of felt like a bit of an offshoot and a bit of, like, a, yeah, we'll do this. And, like, it makes sense. And now we can get back on track with the stuff that matters. Well, the reason why I was into um, it is because I remember being into it at the time because I was like, well, Jill's been here for Clive. It's time for Clive to be there for Jill. Um, sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, like, it, like it, it's not like egregiously like terrible or anything no, i just it's pretty forgettable like I, i've forgotten it i've genuinely i don't even yeah, remember the dudes I, he, that you kill who who you even go there to kill it's the guy it's the head of the iron kingdom dude with like the, the turban fuck is that he like does the prayer and there's a bunch of guys like around him that are like doing the prayer too and then jill comes in and she's like you yeah you motherfucker bastard, you fucker you f- then she stabs him kill yeah you. i remember it's, that yeah, scene I, yeah I just don't remember I the think, guy like that well. Like I know she killed. Yeah, a dude, don't worry about it. He's he's not important. Super. Yeah. Um, in, in, in I think. Consequential. I think a lot of that would be better if we just got to play as Jill. Like I just think that yeah. Jill should have been the one to do the boss fight there, not Clive. Like, it all just feels too passive, and then it's over. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, that made sense, but I didn't feel much for it. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll have like, to replay the game. Honestly, I need to do new yeah. game plus anyway. So. <laughs> But yeah, fuck, I don't remember that very well at all. Great, okay. So that's Drake's, yeah. whatever the fuck, in the boiling sea. It's that one. Off the coast of... Um, yeah, there you go. The the next bit was... Oh, it's where you go back to Rosaria. You go back to Rosalith Castle. Um, to, to fight Kupka. You fight him in, like, the... The basement, not the basement. Oh, yeah, but you don't finish him. That's where... Yeah, he gets taken away by by Harbin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He cut his hands off. I don't really have much to say about that, but to be honest... It's fine. I like the clash between Clive and and, and Kupka. I think that's good. Yeah, it's like... Uh, I get it, like, the revenge story and stuff. Like, he destroyed the hideaway and killed a bunch of their guys. Like, you want to get revenge. It was satisfying to fight him. Yeah. um, Because it was like, I hate this guy. It felt right. 
Yeah. yeah. But you also yeah, understand why why he's doing all the things he's doing just because he was so enamored with Benedicta that it's just like that's yeah. all he cares about. Like Yeah. And he thinks Sid is the one that did what he did, but he didn't. No. Like it's just a big misunderstanding. Which again, like I feel like Clive maybe should have explained that to him. Well, I guess because um, he was like, well, Sid did do it, because I'm fucking Sid, so fuck you. I guess? Oh, yeah, true, I guess it does transform the situation, because it's like, it doesn't matter now, because he did kill all of those mm. people, he did destroy the hideaway, and also, it was me who killed Benedicta. Wait, so, no, no, like, no, he doesn't you. explain it to Koopka, doesn't he? Because I remember a moment where he goes, for all these years, I thought it was Sid, but now to now to know that I can... Yeah, yeah, no. Fight yeah, it is, but I... But I but I do think, like, he should... Because I feel like Clive should have said to him, look, Sid didn't send Benedict's head in a box. That was somebody else. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah like, okay. you've, you've, you you want to... You you're, you're mad for, like, the... Ro- like, find the person who chopped the head off and sent it to you, because that would but be But he's mad at the you, person right? that killed... I suppose he's also mad at the disrespect to her body, but you, he was initially mad at the person that killed her, mainly. That's what I thought. He wasn't just yeah, mad mean, at the person that cut her true. head off. That's true. That's true, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's whatever. Like, I, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's fine. It's yeah. That's a whole sequence. But I think the game starts to pick up again when you go after him, you know, and you get you finally get your revenge with the Titan fight. I mean, we've yeah. talked about the Titan fight. Yeah. You know, it's a fucking spectacle. It's, it's fucking beautiful. Just insane. Yeah, it's <clears throat> just fucking mental. Like the whole bit where you destroy Titan Lost. And then as you're falling through Titan Lost's corpse, you're fighting normal Titan yeah, again. It's so good. It's insane. It's so good. Um, yeah. Just a yeah, super spectacle. I loved it. The soundtrack was fucking brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. Which was also yeah. a reference to 14, right? What? The music. Oh, I mean, it was, yeah, it was very 17, uh, 14-esque, 17. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it's like in the, trial of, in the trial of Titan in 14, that's where the music plays. Or Is similar it? music. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Oh, I th- that's true. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm fucking reading shit again and getting it wrong. I don't know. You <laughs> spend all your time on Reddit, yeah. getting false information. I don't even know where I read this. I don't even think it was fucking Reddit. I don't know where I read this. Maybe you just made I think it. It up. was Twitter. It must have been Twitter. Maybe it came to you in a dream, <laughs> as as most great ideas do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, great. Fight, but yeah, that's great moments. Great. Super satisfying. You finally killed Kupka. He's a cunt. Nobody yep. likes him. Take his and power. Destroy the mother crystal. Yeah. Oh yeah. The moment where is that where? That's where Ultima shows up, right? Or after like, Dalmechia. You you destroy the crystal, and then it's like in a darkened, like it's like this big world of like just blackness. And Clive com- like Ultima confronts Clive. Oh, fuck, I don't even remember and that it- either. Fucking hell. I think that happens there, which is a really cool scene, and it's like very, very ominous oh, and posing, re- and like the music's game. great. I've only just fucking finished um, it, and I have to replay it again. I just don't remember it. Why don't I remember it? Do it? Like that. It did be like that. Maybe because it's just shit. <laughs> Maybe that's why this game's bad. Actually. Maybe it's because it took me so long to play it that I had just, but I just forgot the sort of first half of the game. Maybe. Because I reckon everything Maybe. past this point, I reckon I remember now. We'll see. We'll fucking okay. see. Jesus Christ. Well. The next major moment is Bahamut. That's the next major oh, moment. Oh, yeah. Go on, then. I remember everything. I remember everything. Um, everything. Which, which is, you know, just a whole fantastic sequence. I mean, we talked about the spectacle of it earlier, the the fact that, you know, how it comes together and the fight and all that stuff. But just but on a story level. During like, that sort of arc, the Bahamut arc, I'm going to call it, 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You get to learn a lot more about Prince Dion as well, which is where yes. he really starts yeah, yeah, becoming yeah. more of a fleshed out character. You get to see his relationship with his boyfriend, who's also, you know, his captain of his dream. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's sort of. Yeah, I, I actually really like their scenes together, especially the one at the end where he's got to send him away. And it's sort of oh, like, you know, yeah. Dion, it's like that's that's the last time they see each other ever. Yeah, it's it's very cool actually. Like, there's a lot of stuff between them. Like, I love. There's the bit in the Bahama arc where it's just before he turn like he ends up turning into Bahama. Like, it's just before he goes to confront his father mm-hmm. and Annabella. Yeah, where he's like speaking to Terence and he's like, like, do you like, you know, do you am, approve of am what I I'm doing? right in yeah. what I'm about to do? Yeah, and Terence is like, I'll you know I'll follow, I'll follow you, you until the end yeah. of the earth oh, and everything. God. It's like it's, it's so good and also something that jamie pointed out is that after everyone uh after his father is dead and after you know obviously uh the bloody the kid fucking olivia is that his name yeah fucking um, not those bitch dies everyone starts calling dion uh your radiance yeah terence still calls him my prince mm-hmm which i think is just really it's nice pretty it's just really yeah. sweet yeah, yeah yeah it's like he's almost like a pet name for him yeah which yeah. i just think is just yeah it's just really really nice um i think they yeah they had a really nice relationship across the game and i think it was just very nice for for dion to have you know a character like that and it was just um, cool to see a gay romance you know that was actually done well yeah like you know it was just cool to see because yeah you know yeah it's just not something you see often so it was just nice especially not in like japanese like jrpgs yeah. like that sort of thing like they don't often do it yeah like for sure um it was just nice Which to is... see, and I'm sure there were plenty of people out there that, that probably resonated even stronger with, because... Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, it was nice. I liked it. It was very yeah, it was subtle, very understated, um, mm-hmm. but powerful, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, his whole his whole arc through that, that sequence is just done so well. Like, it's just you know getting the it's just there's so much that happens like it's great we could do a whole podcast just on that sequence alone mm-hmm. um but it's like you know you you understand like what he wants and like he like he like he just he has this like very very clear moral compass where his father clearly doesn't yeah and he wants what's best for the empire and for his people, mm-hmm. and the only way he can do that is by confronting them head on. Yeah, and yeah, that scene calling out Annabella is, and is insane. It's yeah, it's so good. It's just you know he's spe- I, w- one of my favorite like tropes in things is where you've got a character like rebelling against like someone in power. Yeah, and the person in power is like, oh my god, guards, get him out of here, and yeah. the guards just don't. And they're yeah, like, yeah. no, because this guy's based. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that. It, it happens there, and I think it's, I think it's really good because so like they're good. all like, no, Dion's spitting facts right now. Yeah. This is, you know, because obviously the dragoons are loyal to him because he's the one that leads them, so they will only listen yeah. to him. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's just a great moment, and yeah, his like his storyline throughout that is just very, very good, and I, I think as well, like something really meaningful about this is. I mean, this like we're jumping around a bit here, but you've got like, like this is the the moment, and it ties back into Dion. But this is the moment where Ifri and Phoenix combine together to yeah. form, you know, what the vessel what becomes. Uh, well, fucking not the vessel, but what ultimately we'll calls it later. Logos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is which I think is really cool because 
in Final Fantasy 1, the way that you level up your jobs for your party is by doing a quest for Bahamut, mm-hmm. who te- who takes what you your current job role and upgrades it to the next, like, to, to make it better. So you That's go nice from, like, a him. white mage to a white wizard nice or, you know, to a warrior that. to a knight. Yeah, he seems pretty, he's pretty cool. He does it if you bring him a rat's tail. Um, it's very cool. Um, but what I liked about that is that... Um, in, in this moment, during, you know, the fight against Bahamut, like, what gives Clive and Joshua the ability to essentially, like, evolve and level up and go to the next stage is this battle and com- confrontation with the Bahamut. Yeah, that is Which cool. is, like, very, you know, it's kind of like, like a little, little a callback to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to Final Fantasy One. And what, what's also <laughs> really cool is the way that in this moment, too, that moment when you've got Clive confronting Annabella, um, when, uh, when Clive... Like, she's, she's spouting off a bunch of shit. Like, she's fucking losing it. Um, and Clive, like, you know, retorts with, you know, you know you had a son right there and, like, yeah. you know, Joshua and all this stuff. When when he does that, it starts playing the Overworld theme from Final Fantasy 1. Oh. Which is really fucking cool. Um, which they always use. They only ever use it when referring to Prophecy or Joshua and Clive, mm-hmm. which... To me, I think it makes a lot of sense because Final Fantasy One is based on prophecy. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it kind of subconsciously, like subtly, is trying to like paint Joshua and Clive as like the warriors of light mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, like in this universe, sort of thing. Like, what is the that what the protagonist of, is called in um, One? Then Final Fantasy One, yeah, is yeah the warriors oh, of light. Oh, so that's the, where they got the idea of the warrior of light from for fourteen. Then I suppose. Yes. Yeah, it's from Final Fantasy One. Yeah. That's um, cool. Which is, yeah, it's like the the prophesized coming of the four warriors of light that will like save the land from darkness and mm-hmm. stuff, um, which I think is quite nice because there's a lot of prophecy built into Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah, definitely. The way that Joshua and Clive play into that, um, which I, I just think is, yeah, just just really really cool. For sure. I'm yeah. Trying to think of I'm trying after. to think of everything else in this sequence because there's so much shit that happens here, like. You've obviously got like Joshua and Clive reuniting like properly for the first time after the giant spectacle oh, fight and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's very true. And obviously, Joshua is like injured before the Bahamut fight, and Clive mm-hmm. steps up and activates Ifrit, like because obviously he's the first shield and he's protecting yeah. him. Um, yeah, I do like the whole. I mentioned it before, the whole confrontation between. Clive and his mother, where he's sort of just like shouting at her and just going crazy. Um, yeah. Because obviously he's feeling a lot of pain. Because the woman that caused him pretty much, pretty much all the pain that he felt in his early life was because of his mother rejecting him. Um, so being able to unload all of that and just ask her why was just a very powerful moment. And obviously it was for selfish reasons. She wanted to fucking, what's it called, preserve her fucking bloodline or some bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, and I think I think with Annabella as well, something very cool is that she is an analog or like a parallel to Ultima, like in that she does exactly what he does. Like she wants to preserve herself mm-hmm. and like her people yeah. at the cost of everything else yeah. that she sees as inferior. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that's very much sort of like a parallel to to Ultima's end goal. Mm, yeah, that's true. Which I think is quite cool. <clears throat> um, 
and just all along Clive yeah. was struggling with what Ultima's goal is anyway really yeah yeah that's what happens I think after it's... that so post Bahamut fight god there is Dion's defeated yeah he goes off he's with Medicine Girl um, oh I fucking love that scene yeah it's a good scene that's actually one of my favourite scenes in the entire game it's when he's like stumbling through the remnants of the Crystalline Dominion mm-hmm and he falls over, and then she picks him up, takes him back to her, to her little cabin, and gives him the, the remedy for free. And it's yeah. like when he realizes there, like despite everything that I've done, these people still believe in me. Yeah, yeah, and it gives him that that strength to like. Yeah. You know. To I love the little potion seller girl. To... She's in it for like, she's like, she doesn't show up yeah. past that point. I don't think, but she, no, she does show up past that point, doesn't she? When, she, when people um, are leaving the Crystalline Dominion and trying to get to Canva. Is that it? Am I just remembering it wrong again? I don't remember. Or maybe I'm remembering it. Comes. She was in Oriflam and then she went to the Crystalline Dominion. You meet her along the road at some point when she's heading to, to somewhere. Because I remember you, you do... She's, she's heading somewhere and you see her again at some I point. Think it's, I think it's the scene with Joshua <coughs> and his bloody uh, Yote. Yeah. I think it's that scene where it there there, it's just oh, which is just after them. Titan, yeah. and she's just kind of you. I think you could just see her. She's just like wandering down the road. Does she not approach him? Regard, you want this? And they're like, nah. Oh, maybe, maybe that she tries to sell a medicine. Yeah, I remember her showing up at another um, point. But yeah, the scene with Dion and her is great. I really like it. Yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's a really <coughs> nice scene. Um. Fuck, what happens next? Where do we go from here? Oh, it's Odin's the next arc. Um, fucking hell, yeah. And a lot happens in that arc. A lot fucking happens. It really does. So much happens thinking about it. Holy shit. You're going to have to remind I think, me. I think we're going to have to jump to the the, the most major bits, because otherwise That's we fine. are actually going to be here for like another two hours. Okay. Um, let me think. Right. W- um, what is there worth talking about? I mean... We build the Mithril engine. That's sorted. You, I mean, you have the whole bit in in the free cities, and you have that whole thing, and Clive gets knocked out, um, and you go back and you do the shit for 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 mid, and then you get on the boat and you go back to look for Jill, and that's when you're going across the sea. Hey, wait, how does Jill um, get captured again? Uh, it's that bit. It's the bit she stays behind. To oh fight yeah. Off, um, Cause that's when uh, Barnabas, Barnabas. Oh, dude, Barnabas's intro, like when he comes into like that that court meeting uh in canva mm. kills all those dudes and then yeah. obviously that shit happens then he fights clive and like clive losing that fight like he tries so hard and he just loses mm-hmm. like barnabas is just one step ahead of him at every turn it's just like ah, oh, we haven't seen clive fail in so long yeah exactly yeah yeah and it yeah it really builds it up barnabas as like this like yeah formidable character and i think it's also like it does build up that he can't deal with barnabas the same way he dealt with the other icons yeah yeah like this is something he has to find like he has to beat him through sheer will like which is the exact thing that ultima's fighting against yeah exactly like he can't just brute force his way through it he's got a you know there's there's more to it than that Mm -hmm. and i think that's really meaningful um you obviously you know you go across the sea you fight him again you lose again Mm -hmm. um and that's when Jill and Clive find themselves on the coast of Ash. Mm-hmm. 
and it's the moment when Jill gives Clive Shiva. Um, yeah. Which is a great, great it's scene. Beautiful scene, because it's like... So good. It's... You can tell Jill doesn't really... It's not something that she necessarily wants to do. But she knows she has to do it for Clive. Yeah. Um, and like her trusting him with that is like... It's a very powerful moment. And then obviously they yeah. make love and whatnot. Um, which is also a great scene. Loved it. Loved watching them show. <laughs> and I think it's I think it's um yeah, it's just that the whole scene is just like music is great, it looks great, the the actors are giving such good performances in that scene. It's mm-hmm. just well written too. There's like yeah. some great dialogue, like it's just a really meaningful scene between these two characters that just yeah is is a very poignant moment in the story sort of realize how far they've come as well at that point yeah um, exactly since you know back in back in rosaria mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah love that scene yeah it's a it's a great great scene and obviously clive is feeling better he's just got some pussy <laughs> for the first time in his life it's like that scene from that movie where adam driver is like uh I just had sex now, about to eat nachos. It's the greatest day of my life. <laughs> That's what Clive is thinking. Classic Clive. That's classic Clive, that <laughs> it is. Tr- it just is. That's what he's known <clears throat> for. But yeah, so um, how do they get out of that? Does, what, um, how do they, how do they, does Mid they, uh, Mid picks them yeah, up, yeah, in yeah. the ship, and they go back, and then they, they have to plan to go back to Ash, and... Um, and they're like, oh, where do we go? Where do we go? Oh, what? Uh, it's back to the same yeah. shore we did before because that that's probably the most obvious choice yeah um, and they go and that's you know you do all that stuff you go through you meet the pregnant woman oh yeah Edda um, is that her name yeah 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 Edda yeah something like that so she's the um, only surviving person from her village that got yeah. massacred by I, the Akashic I will say I really like Ash <coughs> and I think it, I think it's very Dark Soulsy. it is in the you're like trudging through this like fallen kingdom yeah, that used to be something yeah. where people, some place where people lived, but it's not anymore. Like it already long since fell by the time you get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, it was very Dark Soulsy, uh, especially when you get to what's the name of? Fuck! Why do I fucking start sentences? I don't know the name of shit. <laughs> Vida Graves, whatever the hell it's called. Sure. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Oh. Does it matter? Yeah, yeah, Vida v- v- Grays. It's like the v- most northern point that you can go to in Walud, like near the near the the big palace. Would you call it or the the car? Yeah, yeah, the castle, like the thing. castle thing. That sort of area was very Dark Soulsy, where you're like on the battlements yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff, and there's like all destroyed. It's like you're in a destroyed sort of like fortress. Um, yeah, I liked Walud. It was it was cool. Yeah, I think that <coughs> yeah, I think that that was really really good, um, but. I'm trying to think. What? Wait, what? What happens next? Oh yeah, you got. So you, yeah, fighting, fighting Barnabas. Is yeah. Obviously, what comes up next, which is getting to the top of the tower, mm-hmm. confronting him, and you know, having that, having that battle, which we already talked about. Fucking hell, it was great so fight. fucking good. Like it um, just kept going. There was just another phase and another phase, and yeah. I like how throughout the course of the fight, like barnabas starts off and he's very deadpan and very sort of one like just just very monotone and as the fight goes on he just goes insane yeah like at the end when he's like oh for so long i've uh, you know um 
foregone indulging in stuff, and it's like finally I can, I can indulge in this fight, and it's just like he's going mental, and it's like what the fuck is wrong with this dude? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. he's fucking I insane. Think <clears throat> I think that's really yeah, it's really cool, and it sort of does mirror Ultima as well, mm. like how Ultima's trying to be this like, oh my god, I don't have like a will, I don't really care about anything, yeah. and then you know right at the very end he's like fucking shouting yeah, at Clive yeah, yeah. he's fucking mad yeah. that he's gonna lose and it's like you know it's classic final fantasy boss where he goes what what is this <laughs> <laughs> and then clive's like the power of friendship yeah 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 which is pretty much what he says too <laughs> yeah but i love it like, i love that it's shit. like yeah I've instead of just saying hearts. like my friends are my power he's like it's my strength comes from all the people I've met. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so Clive, but, though, because he's been like that through the whole game. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, yeah. You know. He's a very, he's very in touch with his emotions, which is like, yeah. you know, where he finds his strength. <clears throat> exactly. Is in being, you know, is in his friendship. He'd, he'd get along you know. with Sora very well, I think. He would. He definitely would. They should mates. put put him in. He literally could meet him. Oh! They, they can do that. <laughs> I would love that so fucking much. I that would be sick. I d- uh, Clive needs to be in Kingdom Hearts Four. That'd be sick. They've not like they've not used new new Final Fantasy characters since ten. Ten was the last one yeah. where they added new characters. And fuck fuck everything since ten. Just give me Clive. Yeah. Noctis is already Clive. essentially in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> that'd be sick. That'd be introduce so Clive as a final as a Final Fantasy character in Kingdom Hearts. Come on. Ooh. That'd be awesome. I'd actually love that. I actually love that so much. That'd be very cool. But I just want to play as Clive. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, what am I saying? I love Sora. Uh, Sora's my favourite Square oh, Enix man. boy. Um, sorry, anyway, yeah. Uh, Barnabas fight. Really yeah, fucking strong. Yeah, you beat strong. Barnabas. Yeah, you do all those him. bits and bobs. Um, and the next, so the next major bit. So you go through a lot of stuff. You do a lot of other things. But the next major bit is going with Joshua to confront Ultima. Um, oh, so in the castle the next sort of main quest after that is back to their origin no 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 before that when you go to the castle which castle the the castle in walud and you 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 go into like that you go into the interdimensional rift what do how do you not remember this know. it's where it's where ultima tells you his whole plan and he goes i'm ultima and <laughs> he probably does say that and your will I, I, Nah. <laughs> nah, I love Ultima. Um, yeah, I don't. Do you well, not remember? You it? go into an interdimensional rift. Is that That's just what it's called? Scene? Yeah. Uh, no, you walk through. <clears throat> it's like it's um, it's it's where it just looks like a castle that's been like all blown up, but it's halfway through blowing up. So like it's just bricks everywhere, like floating. Why the fuck do I not remember this? That's crazy. I At the end, this, you, like, a you week see ago. like why do I not? It's like you. You see, like, Ifrit, like, Ifrit hanging, and he's, like, dead. It's like a dead Ifrit. Yeah. And then Ultima comes down, and he's like, this is, this is the, the vessel. true... Yeah, this is the vessel. And he was this just is, lying, because he's not. This is what you will become for us, or whatever. And then you fight him. Um, and you've got the bit where then Clive is pretty much about to get taken over by Ultima, but Joshua like snaps him out of Ah uh, yes, yes, yes. No, I do remember all um, of this now. I, yeah, okay. And I, it's v- it's very cool as well. I like the way they use Joshua's um the Phoenix feather. <coughs> yes, that as like yes. a symbol that Joshua's there. It's like multiple times like, in the game that 
yeah. the feather shows up just to you know Joshua's yeah, yeah, yeah. presence is there. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, and it happens. Yeah, it happens there. And oh yeah, like, he forgets Joshua... who he is. Like he's like he doesn't know. Yeah, he's like Clive. Who's that? Yeah, he's about to get wiped and taken over by Ultima. Yeah. But then Joshua, Joshua saves him, and then they combine, and that's when Ultima's like, "Wait, is this fucking Logos? Yeah. Is that what's going on here?" Which is basically an opposite to Ultima. Like it's, it's like I'm pretty sure it's like it's a Greek term, but I'm pretty sure it's used in the Bible. It means mm. like divine reason, mm-hmm. which is like pretty cool <coughs> because. <clears throat> It's like, um, yeah, it's it's like this opposite to Ultima mm-hmm. in the in like a you know the opposite of a god. It's like the antithesis, um, and I think that's really of what Ultima cool. thinks he is. Yeah, exactly, <clears throat> and everything then comes to a head in the final quest. Back which to their origin. I, Ultima is a great antagonist. I think, I think he is he's too. Fucking incredible. He was really like, compelling and actually scary as well yeah genuinely scary has great music and also like the themes i just love the themes like the hypocrisy of ultima yeah. like the way he he sees himself as a god yeah. and wants to wipe out humanity for just having a will yeah. he created them in the first place and the reason they cr- the, the reason their will is so strong is because of his negligence he abandoned because them. he could have been a god like he could have actually been a god and been revered and loved and cared for and like you know it could have been this relationship that goes by both ways. Like, he cares for his people. His people worship him. Yeah. But he didn't want that. He <clears> ignored <throat> them and wanted to ignore them because they reminded him of himself. Yeah. Like, the the ignorance and the, the arrogance that led to the blight consuming his home and making him flee, he's reminded by that every time he sees humanity, which he created. Yeah. And he wants to wipe them out because he'd rather ignore it and pretend like he's not like them. Yeah. And Clive reminds him that he <clears throat> is, and yeah. he hates that. And like that's why you slowly see Clive break him down yeah. by the end of the game, to the point where you can see the true Ultima. Like it's not this monotone, like godlike being. It's this very, very like human character yeah. that's you know very similar to us, but in all of the negative ways. Yeah, just incredibly arrogant and uncaring. Yeah, yeah and Ultima I think that's... was really compelling. Um... Yeah, I like how throughout the game as well. Like every time he meets Clive, he seems like more irritated by him. <clears throat> like at first, he just treats him as if he's almost like a nuisance, and then he's con- like every time you meet him after that, he's constantly talking about Will and and like just obsessing over it. And you know, up until that final final sort of confrontation where Clive finally gets through to him, and he yeah, realizes exactly. his mistake. It's just, it's just <clears throat> he is such a great villain. I just think yeah. he's just just so well put together and the way that he plays into the central themes of this game and the, the ideas they're trying to explore with Clive, like by the end it just makes you know, so much so sense. Much, and yeah, I, I think it's, so I think it's also very cool, um the Ultima like I I don't know what is it Latin or is it Greek? I don't remember, but Ultima and Mythos like Ultima translates to final mm-hmm. and mythos translates to fantasy mm-hmm. which is pretty that cool that is great it's like it's like a battle of like you know between yeah. final fantasy which is pretty good that is great yeah um which i think is quite nice um but before we do get to origin we obviously have the final moments with all of our main characters you know clive stands with them and like you know says what they're gonna do and they have i made sort of sure final... to 
before reflection. going on that quest, I made sure to talk to every NPC and have their optional dialogue. <coughs> yeah, um, that's nice. Even like just the random NPCs that Clive doesn't talk back to, I had a last conversation with like that woman that's on that bridge talking about all like when she's it's the hopeless romantic. Where oh, throughout yeah, the yeah, game yeah, yeah, she's yeah. talking about like oh this character or that character. At the end, she's like, "It was you all along." <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was great. Yeah, <coughs> I like it's that. stuff like that that's very cool. Yeah, um, um, yeah. That final scene where they're all, everyone's gathered around, and you know, Dion, mm-hmm. uh, Joshua, and Clive are about to go to Origin. Um, well, yeah. we didn't even talk about uh, primogeni- primogenesis, really, like where that happens, and you know, ultimately, oh yeah, true, that did the sky happen, and everything, yeah. and and how that affects the world, and then when you go to any settlement after that, all of the NPCs are like, what the fuck's up with the sky? And yeah, people like get sick of cool. it, they're like, are we ever going to see the sun again? Um, yeah, that was, that was yeah. cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Mid-hugs Clive, she's, you know, wishing yeah. him to be safe and that, and it's... Clive and Gav hug as well, yeah. and Gav cries. Yeah. That's a great little moment. That's a good moment. And th- th- the most powerful moment, I think, in that cutscene is between Clive and Jill. Um, yeah. Fuck me. That was... It's so good. Rough. It's also, again, where they kick in the Final Fantasy theme, hey. and it gets me every time, that fucking piece of music, every single time. Yeah. You can play it completely out of context, and you'll get at least one tear out of it, I reckon, <laughs> yeah. at this point. And it's just great. Clive and Jill finally tell each other they love each other. Yeah. And yeah. Clive says to her, I promise I'll come back. Oh. <laughs> I know. It's just so oh, fucking man. sad. And they just, then they jump off the edge and, you know. Bahama they is back. Leave off on Bahama. What I don't understand, okay. Why the fuck is Dion the only icon that can steal someone his icon after Clive take takes it away? He's not. Uh, Benedicta did it, but she's not controlling it. And so did uh, so did um... uh, Kupka did as well. Kupka, yeah. But Benedicta was separated from Garuda. I think it's like you take a part of it, and it takes him a second to like reconnect. I guess. But that's why was she crying about it then? Because she couldn't feel Garuda there anymore, like it was gone. But then she was able to tap back into it somehow. Okay. I was for, I, for my entire I don't time know playing the game. I was just under the impression that once Clive, because because Jill doesn't turn, she doesn't, she can't turn back into Shiva again. Maybe she doesn't want to, but she doesn't ever do that again. Um. Yeah, look, I, probably just because plot. And don't you only take Titan after you defeat Titan lost, anyway? No, no, you take Titan before that. You when take you cut it, his hands um, off. When you cut his hands off, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I was just for some reason under the inf- uh, under the impression that Benedict. <laughs> you were under the influence. I was, the, yeah, well, I, was I, fucking, I, I was for sure playing the entire <laughs> game. I don't think I played any of it sober, but. Um, yeah, I must have been. I got it wrong then. Okay, I just thought Dion is so sick that he can, he's allowed to turn into Bahama. I mean, he's the only one that's got like full control over it. I think it seems like it. Yeah, but it makes sense. Yeah. Dion is, you know, this epic badass. Yeah, he's like I think the Riku I think... of, of of Final Fantasy sixteen. He is very much a Riku. Plus, he's gay, just like exactly, Riku. just like Riku wants to kiss Sora so... on his mouth. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which, talking of, everyone should watch this fucking video about Riku being gay. It's really good. And I'm convinced he's gay. 
it's a it's it's i think it's i think it's an essay but it's also like a bit more relaxed than an essay um but mm -hmm. it's like six hours and goes through <laughs> all the kingdom hearts <laughs> and it's six good. hours explaining it's good well i mean i made a, I, I just, can't even speak i made a fucking 11 hour video i can't try any shit it's it's ge it's genuinely so good and it adds so much depth to riku i'm like there's no way this isn't intentional mm -hmm. like namora 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 yeah tetsu namora yeah did this did this Nomura? on purpose i'm like he he wrote riku to be gay definitely yeah there's yeah. no way he well didn't. jamie it's, was right all along okay it's genuinely so fucking good it's so good it made me like really like think about riku in a totally different way it was yeah it was like um i've always been able but, to see both like just if he was you know straight that's i can see that but yeah maybe i'll watch this video nah i can't at all i can't imagine being straight like that's the thing right one of the big things about <clears> it is um namora has always been up for people making their own interpretations about characters like he is he he likes that that's like the whole premise of kingdom hearts he's like yeah he, he, there's an interview where he said like i wanted something where people could figure it out themselves and decide what it, what this thing means mm -hmm. and the only time he's ever come out and clarified something where people have been interpreting it is when people interpreted the ending of kh3 as riku and namine being together he came out and said no that's not true that's not the case and then he made in remind he made them change the cutscene so that riku doesn't smile at her anymore because he was just because he was like no i don't like that people think that <laughs> i mean to because be fair, riku's, riku's gay that's why really work anyway so i'm fine no. with that like it just it's only never riku made and Sora. any fucking sense why would riku want to fuck Kyrie's nobody it doesn't make any sense literally the combined <clears throat> keyblade where they have like the the two keyblades that join together the keychains are fucking palpu fruit like it makes go. so much sense it makes so much sense. Anyway, we're not talking about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just so good. Don't worry. We'll do a KH4 spoiler cast when it comes out. Yes. That'll be great. That'll be fucking um, sick. I miss Kingdom Hearts so fucking much. Yeah. That's going to be good shit. Yeah. Sorry. Let's, um, let's continue. Uh, but back to their origin. Yes. Yeah, so, you go, we so you go back. So you go to origin, the big crystal in the sky. You uh, you head in. You've got the fight. The fucking confrontation between you know i mean even just Ifri, before Phoenix, Bahama, that, and ultima the scene where bahama is flying towards the crystal and all those oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. fly out and he shoots out his like flares and it just goes crazy and there's just so yeah, much shit happening cool. shoots that fucking huge hole in the side of the the, the the crystal you go inside and then there's it's a city right the city of origin yeah well it's well it's 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 what was previously twinside right what's twins what the crystal and dominion that's the name yeah. of the city. He, oh, yeah, the Crystal Dominion, yeah. the region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Twin Sides of City. Yeah, because he <clears> raised <throat> that into the sky, right? Yeah, and fucking in an instant, everyone in Twin Side is just dead, killed. Yeah, yeah. Like just a huge a part of the population of the Empire of Sunbreak is just instantly killed. Yeah. And they were and already reeling from mental. what fucking Dion did. Yeah, exactly. It's and fucked. Yeah, they're having a tough time of it. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean. Yeah, the confrontation. From from that that confrontation is so sick it is just like oh, incredible oh. just the spectacle was fantastic like just seeing them all work together and team up and yeah. when they do the trinity the, that thing, was insane that was so cool i was like that what was so is happening cool. like uh what's it fucking ifrit does what's it called what's his ability called hellfire hellfire uh fucking phoenix does <clears throat> flames of rebirth what the fuck it's called and then Bahamut does whatever his thing is. Yeah, make a flyer. 
Yeah, yeah, Mega Flare. And then the Trinity happens. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just like this awesome. huge, like, ball of ether, basically. Just yeah. drop it on Ultima. And it doesn't do shit to him. Yeah. He just and then you've got... not even phased by it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just, yeah, just such a great sequence. It felt like a Thanos moment, like... They're all using their fucking strongest abilities. They're putting everything yeah. they can into it, and they're just making a scratch on him. Yeah, exactly. And then <sighs> you've got from that just great fucking moment where Dion's... Clive is like injured. You know, Ultima's gonna do some bloody big big attack. Yeah. And Joshua's like ready to like you know stop it, and that's when Dion comes in, and he's like, "No, go go after oh, your brother." Oh God! It's and he has that moment where he says, "What does he say?" He's like, um, "I'm not asking for acceptance. I'm just asking for forgiveness." Yeah, and then he unleashes his huge laser, and it's like yeah. that cool sort of anime thing where it's like two lasers fighting against one another. And yeah, it's like yeah, for yeah. a second you think, "Oh, Dion's gonna bang it," yeah, and then Ultima shoots his own laser into the big ball that just spurs it on and he just can't hold on any longer but he does save him some time because just before he dies he shoots off those flares that mm-hmm. catches Ultima off guard yeah. and that gives yeah, Joshua exactly. and Clive enough time to sort of yeah uh, to get away yeah. and to, to recuperate and l- like that's like you know when he's falling down and Dion obviously that's when he dies oh, he's like father he's like yeah he's like I did it you know, oh. it's over or whatever Cause... and like that is you know in a way you know if, if it weren't for Dion you know, Clive wouldn't have been able to defeat Ultima no, at the moment. No, no. None so, of it would have gone the way that it ended up going if it wasn't for Dion's sacrifice. Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, God, I love his character so much. Yeah, it's just such a great arc. It's so meaningful, and it's just, yeah, it's just really, really like he really gives nice. his life for the realm. Yeah, and that's, yeah. It's so beautiful. It's really, really, really good. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, from that we reach what is essentially the final confrontation. Yeah. Joshua and Clive limping into the the main crystal room. I like the line where Joshua starts coughing and Clive is like, should we stop? And Joshua goes, I think we're a little bit past that now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that moment walking up to the, the, basically the crystal of origin is just, I didn't know what I was expecting, but I was like, shit's going to go down. Um, yeah yeah it was it was just that moment where you know they they walk in they confront ultima and then ultima you know reclaims um the the part of himself that joshua had sealed away yeah in the process you know effectively you know at that moment killing joshua yeah I was, Which was just, super surprised. I was like, "What is like?" The, like I was like, I, di- "I just didn't expect that to happen." No, I expected I like, him to take it back out of his chest, but I didn't. Ex- for some reason, I didn't expect that to like rupture Joshua's chest and leave a hole there. Yeah, like I don't know why and... I wasn't expecting that, but I was. It really took me off guard. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got then, you know, he. You know, Clive then holding Joshua in his arms oh, that fucking as he's dying, and it just, it just, ah, oh, man, I was, I was sobbing. That like, broke me. I can't wait to upload my reaction to that because it was like, I don't think I've ever done that, like that sort of a cry on a on camera before. Yeah. Like, 
it was like it was like i had to catch my breath <laughs> yeah because i was like i was like no i'm crying too much yeah. that's crazy that the game has made me cry like that it was um it was insane just genuinely heartbreaking pain in clive's voice as he calls out in disbelief he's just like yeah Oh, yeah. he's just like wake and up he's damn you lose him again yeah it, that, that like... was what it was it was like it's almost like earlier in the game when he saw that joshua was alive his worst nightmare was relinquished and then he has to just live it again yeah imagine having it taken away from you a second time oh it's insane but okay what what is what is the yeah. shit about um Joshua, so Ifrit Risen is is actually not the vessel that Ultima wanted. Well, it no, it is. It's what he wanted. Okay. He just, he just, he like there's like he expected that he would take control of it, but when he sees them do it together, like without any of his influence, they're like, oh, like it's become independent of his like plan for it. Yeah. And then he's just so, got an extra one sitting there. Uh, the blue ifrit. What is that? That's well. That's just like that's just him, isn't it? Right. Like ifrit is like his people's like. That's what form they uh, were gonna take in the new world. They were, they were so. all gonna be ifrit. <laughs> I don't know. I actually, yeah, I don't know. Imagine like they're all sitting around a table, just like chilling. They're all ifrit. <laughs> <laughs> they're all ifrit, just sipping on some tea or something. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's what I got from it. Is that. In the new world, Ifrit was just like wh- I don't understand though, because if if all of his people were now in Ultima, were they all just going to be Ifrit and there's just one thing living on in Valistia, and it's just Ifrit sh- on his own? I think they were gonna like I assume they were gonna like split up again. Okay, okay, that, that makes the most sense. That does make the most sense. That's why there was yeah, like I a d- bunch of other Ifrits there as well. Yeah, like lining the walls. Yeah, I think it's I think it's that Ifrit is Ultima's form. Yeah, like it's, it's not needed... Ifrit in Final Fantasy XVI's universe. Like it's not the Ifrit that we know from the other games. It's in their universe that is Ultima's form, and yeah. that's why. And I think the Dom- the second Domino yeah. Fire looks like that is because it's yeah it's taking on the form of Ultima. Yeah, that yeah. He you know so that he can eventually use him as a vessel yeah. to use the the magic of rays to yeah to fuck everything what's up what's that rays rays that's what that's the the magic the ultimate spell use, right? like the, the one that he was yeah collecting the spell, all this the spell he wanted to, to use right use. yeah 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 that's what the um, mother crystals were for to collect all the ether so he could use that spell to create a new world yeah 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 and he needed a body yeah that was strong enough to withstand it yeah um which is yeah what, what we end up getting mm-hmm. but I like that you know after Joshua dies, you that's when you get the moment where Clive sees the the feather again. Yeah, which is what gives him the strength to like win. Oh god, I love the moment where Joshua gives him the full power of the Phoenix as well. Oh and yeah, the wings and like he's spread. Like, Don't do it. Like yeah, and there's that beautiful shot of like Clive holding Joshua and the Phoenix wings yeah. like spread wide with Ultima in the background. It's like, and it was like. That was all along, like, he was shunned yeah. by his family for not being the Phoenix, and now he is. Yeah. It was yeah. in the high it's, God. It's a great, great moment, and, we, yeah, with like like I said, with Joshua, with Joshua dead, we then have 
he 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 sees the feather. Yeah. And that's when he like holds it tight and like, like you're still here. And has the power to then take on Ultima what's in what that? is just what's that? Sorry, an incredible sequence. What's yeah, the what? line that Joshua says to Clive of he's dying? He's like, he's like, um, you've always been my shield. Is is it, is it uh, along the lines of you've always been my shield? Now let me be yours, or something like that, or is it that does ring a bell? Let me double check. I've got my footage. <clears throat> something like that. But he also, as he's dying, he's like, thank you for being my brother. And it's just like... Oh, wait, that's after the yeah. fight, right? Um, that he says... That. No, after the fight. Joshua's, after the fight, he's dead. Yeah, he's yeah. dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, as he's giving him, like, the final power of the phoenix. He's like... Not even a god might stop us. Yeah. Uh, he's like, no, Joshua. Uh, he says, enough, Clive. My body is too far gone. And then he says, fuck, fuck, I can't find it. I have always been proud to, to call, call you my, my shield. shield. Yeah. Yeah. I think that line I was talking about earlier, he says at a different point in the game. I think it's when he's mad at Clive for trying to take everything on his own. And he's like, you've yeah, always been yeah, my yeah. shield, now let me be yours. But that's before he dies, that happens way before that. Um, yeah, but yeah that he says. Yeah, he says. He says. Now the world needs you. Thank you for being my yeah, brother. Yeah, because it's like originally, his job was to protect just the phoenix, but now it's the entire world. Yeah. Oh, thank you for being my brother. Yeah, and that's when, yeah, that's when he grabs, he grabs. So they end up in this other little like realm, and then he like grabs the feather. Room. Yeah. And then he does the Rosaria, like the the she yeah, starts with the sword, the sword, and he down. says the he says the speech. Oh, read the speech. Which is do you fucking have it? awesome. I have it, kind of. I have it like, um, on this my sword, I swear, mm. to shield the Firebird's flame forevermore. I think that's it. You gotta love it. And then like his sword, like sort of goes all flamey. Yeah, it like ignites. And then he like swishes and he it. Flips it round. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking awesome. That and moment, that's when. You just like, you know, Clive's about to pop off. Yeah. And that's when he does the epic fight and they do a fucking. It's a great fight too because you've got Ultima using like. He's using fucking Holy and shit. Yeah, yeah. He uses Ultima as well, doesn't he? He does use Ultima, yeah. yeah which is fucking awesome. Like Meteor, um, and, like all these crazy, like, like, you know, like. Just the most powerful yeah, spells using, you can think yeah, of. All of the most powerful Final Fantasy spells. Mm. And then, like, he's using fucking Smite. Um, he's using, and like, then the icon got, abilities. Yeah, and then in the next... Yeah, because you've got a phase where he uses, like, the first three. He's using, like, Garuda, like, fucking uh, Ra Titan Rama. and... Ramu. And Ramu, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think, yeah. And then, yeah, and then he's got his last phase where he's using, like, Shiva, Odin, and Bahamut, or whatever. Yeah. And that's fucking awesome because he's just like using all those powers, and then Clive Clive's is countering him. them. Yeah, and like and I love when he's using uh, Ramu, and Clive throws the spear back at Ultima's spear, and it breaks through Ultima's spear and hits him. And you hear Sid go, "Go on, lad!" It's like a, yeah, it's such yeah, a fucking yeah. good moment. Obviously, when it's so good. when you use the other icon abilities, there's also like another character that will say their line. But that one stuck out for me because it was like you haven't heard Sid's voice in so long. 
And it's like, that's yeah. what he'd be saying, man. He'd be cheering you on, you know? It's so good. Like, having all those characters, yeah, speaking to speaking to Clive and, like, giving him that, you know. It's, it, again, is that, like, my friends are my power But that moment. shit works on me so fucking well. It's so good. It's my favourite <laughs> stuff. It's just so good. Yeah. Like, that's why, that's why JRPGs at the end of the day are always good, because it is just, like... Like, yeah, it's on this scale of you're fighting... You've become a god yourself, and you're fighting a god. Yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, the most so important part literally are the friends we made along literally, the way. Literally, yeah. Like, that is yeah. the most important part. But that's why so Clive beats Ultima, because he's human. Exactly. He's unapologetically exactly. human. I love stories like that, where the indomitable human will always overcomes any adversity. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think the moment where if he becomes... Sorry, spirit, not will. Yeah, the 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 moment where he turns into Ifrit Risen and he, you fight Ultima Risen in like some is, mental cosmic space. Yeah, in like this fucking cosmic realm. It's yeah, wild. it's fucking awesome. Yeah, and that's not even the last to me, phase. Like no, <laughs> but to me that moment and the last phase as well. Like there's this there's this there's this feel to me that, and I think it's really meaningful because of the whole idea that Ultima wants to be a god, but Clive basically becomes what Ultima wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. That. In this final fight, to me, it feels like you like in every other fight or like final boss. It's usually like you're trying to beat them. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this fight, it feels like Ultima's trying to beat you. Yeah, like, like you're like the boss. Pulling out all of his abilities to desperately try and beat Clive, and he just keeps failing. Yeah, and he just can't do it. Gets slowly more agitated as the boss goes on, and just ends yeah, up he just, just gets like more and more and more screaming, mad. and just yeah, it's so good. Yeah. So it's good. absolutely fantastic and there's a ton of phases it's just fantastic there's like four phases or something like that like it's it's just so good yeah it's such a it's spectacle to play and you've got this you know the final confrontation where um you know he's ultimus ultimalius at this point yeah yeah and he says he's like i i don't need you like i don't need anyone else yeah. and clive says this is the quote he says and that is where we are different I could not have made it here on my own. Yes, that line. Oh. Uh, I carry with me the hopes and dreams of my brothers and sisters. Yeah. Is that Super the end of the quote? Shit. It might be. I'm just like watching it in real time. Oh, I see. And it is they who give me the strength to end your reign. Yes. That's what he says. That's fucking sick. Oh. And then that's what starts the final phase of the fight. Yeah, where shit goes crazy. Yeah. And we have... One of like the one of the coolest fucking lines in the game, which a lot of people have ragged on for saying like, "Oh, it's a bit fucking corny," but I think it's fucking great. Is when Ultima says, "The world you seek is but a fantasy," and then uh, Clive responds, "The only fantasy here is yours, and we shall be its final witness." Hey, see, I didn't which even, is fucking cool. To be honest. I didn't even notice that when I was playing it. I was just like, that's a cool line. I did not notice the final <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. No, I don't mind that. Yeah, Why are you I getting like mad it. at that for? It's a I think it's good. I JRPG. think it's like, if the whole game was like jerking itself off for its entire runtime, yeah. I'd get it. Mm-hmm. But I think the game is so earnest and genuine. I think it earns that little like yeah. pat on the back at the end. It does. Where it's like, ah, you know. It's like, he said the Why final not? fantasy. He said it. Yeah. yeah, Clive says Final Fantasy, which I think is Absolutely great. Absolutely amazing. 
Um, it's just a yeah fantastic sequence of events. But what I think is probably the best part of it is what comes after, which is the final confrontation with Ultima, after which is where Ultima punched you know, him. Because you have that cool away. scene where just before this, where Clive charges up his sword and throws it at Ultima, and it goes yeah. through his chest, and then mm-hmm. he runs up to him and punches him, which is just so satisfying. Um, mm-hmm. And then yeah, that's when they're in like the sky has gone like sort of bright again. Um, yeah, and you've got Ultima dead on the ground, sort of, yeah, fading or away. dying. Yeah, and Clive comes over, and they have this final confrontation Such of a good like. Scene. Ultima, like, not being able to fathom what it is that Clive fought so hard for. Yeah. And I just think it just is so meaningful because it's this just deep misunderstanding of his own creation. Yeah. Like, he does not, he doesn't understand. He's like, but at the same time, it's literally what he's been fighting for the whole time, too. Yeah. It's like they, they couldn't be more similar in what they want. It's just they were against each other. Yeah, um, and it's it's and he's just like, what does he say? Yeah. He's like, oh, something about like you know, what do you reckon that will happen to this world? And he's like, probably yeah. a lot of suffering. Yeah, a tale of sin and suffering, yeah. hardship and pain. And he's like, yeah, this is what you fought so hard for. Yeah, and he's like, but that's that's our way. We fight. Yeah, and we quarrel, but we always yeah come back. Who we are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we fight, we survive, we endure. We don't need a reason. Because ultimately, it is yeah. it's better to have a world with war and suffering than it is to have a a world of mindless thralls. Yeah, there's some great quotes here. We see the horizon ever out of reach, and still we march on. Yeah, what that's a great a fucking, fucking quote. Line, yeah. Oh, oh, I also like the when when. Uh, um, in, during the boss fight, when Ultima says like something like "you icons will know true suffering," and he and Clive is like, "all we've known is suffering," or something along the lines of that, oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah, like yeah. really good. Like I just like love shit like that. Good line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that final scene with both of them, it was just like the, the calm after the storm, almost. You know, it's like Ultima's defeated. Now what happens? Yeah. Yeah, I like that Ultima's final line though is that he stays true to what he believed, which mm. is that he says relish this victory knowing that you have but delayed the inevitable yeah enjoy an eternity on the world's blackened husk or something yeah. like that he doesn't just go oh you were right i was wrong because i'm sad and yeah. troubled he was like nah i'm salty about this defeat but you can have it anyway yeah and <clears throat> yeah and that's it ultima's defeated yep the battle's won and that's when we we, we eject back out to um the heart to of origin the, to to with yeah to back with joshua and um you get this you know this very quiet moment where clive hugs joshua yeah and we get this series of flashbacks of of, them when um, they were children yeah them together when they were children and when joshua was first born oh yeah when joshua gave him the gift of the phoenix and stuff oh that was such a good scene yeah i loved that so much it was so good. It was so good. It was just so nice. Like, it just shows what they both mean to each other. Yeah. And it made so much sense, like, for just w- what happens next, which is that, like, he realizes that, like, in defeating Ultima and absorbing his power, he realizes as well Ultima was wrong, that his body is not powerful enough to, to, to like, cast the spell and survive. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Like, it will kill him. Um, but he does it anyway. And 
casts rays to bring Joshua back. Yeah. Um, and to to, you know. Wait, he brings Joshua back. Yeah. I thought he just healed his body, so it wasn't all fucked up. No, the book at the end is written. Wait, did you watch the post credits scene? Yeah, 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 I did. The the book on the end it says uh, Final Fantasy by Joshua Rosfield. Oh my fucking god! Did you not know that? No, they could have had him like cough or something, or at least like stir. He looks well, no, fucking but, dead no, still. No, but but this is the thing, right? It's up for interpretation. We don't actually know what happened because, okay. right? So after this scene, so he casts so. We, so we can assume that he he uses the spell, which was Rays, which is what he was supposed to use. Yeah. Uh, which was what Ultima wanted to use in the first place, but Clive uses it in a different context. Yeah. And he bring, like, so the way that I interpret it is, is that he uses the spell and dies doing it because his body's not powerful enough. It brings Joshua back to life, yeah. and Joshua spends the rest of his life chronicling the events of of a fight of you know of this game and writes it into a book called final fantasy which is then what people people believe it's a fantasy yeah like that it was never real yeah um and they you know bring peace to the world etc um but there are other readings of this ending that actually he didn't bring joshua back but he also didn't die and that he wrote the book under the name Joshua, similarly to how he took on the name Sid. But we see him get afflicted with the curse. Yeah, but what you what all you see is is it hit his left hand, right? Mm. And there's the theory goes that like in um the quest for the 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 Dion one that's with and also like the Dion Tomes side quest, mm-hmm. he says like he gives him like a quill or whatever. Like if you go read the letter you get from him. Tom yeah, yeah. said he gave him a quill and he's Put like, you can use it to write one day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Clive is right handed. So if it only if the curse only affected his left hand, maybe he still had use of his right arm okay. and was able to use that um to write the book under the name Joshua. Yeah. Um as like a yeah, like a like an ode to his brother. And there's also the idea that because uh, Jill says in her quest, she's like, oh, I always know that the sun will rise, I always know that you'll come for me. And the final scene we see before the credits roll is Jill's crying with Torgal, yeah. and she looks up, and the sun rises, yeah. and then she like there's a more hopeful look, mm. and that's when the credits roll. And so is it like it's it's very much left up for interpretation. Like I don't think they will tell us, and mm. I don't want them to either. No, no, because I like not knowing. <clears throat> like it it could be that Joshua survived and wrote, and Clive died, or it could be that maybe both of them ended up surviving, or maybe just Clive survived. Like we don't actually know. Um, <coughs> but surely, surely after using rays, Joshua is lying there on the ground, fully unconscious, and he blows up the entire thing. How does Joshua survive that? I mean, he did it once. <laughs> well, yeah, he fucking did. <laughs> so I don't know. I think I, I don't Clive know. died. I think Clive died too. Because that was what that was my interpretation of. I mean, I didn't even fuck. I thought Joshua died as well, to be honest. <laughs> so I don't fucking know. But no, I, I thought, and and I I think it makes to me it makes more sense. Like I think you you can have an argue for either way thematically, but yeah. I I like that Joshua is the like. Clive gives his life in the end to save his brother. It's like his final like, act as as the yeah. shield of Rosaria. Yeah. But then people also argue that there's the idea that like Sid was always speaking to the idea that Clive needs to save himself 
and for him to die in the end kind of negates that idea mm. but i yeah, don't know true. if that's what sid was talking about because clive does save himself he you does know? yeah he, he does he does have he becomes a normal functioning man again and i assume that's what he was talking about save yourself don't don't kill yourself now save yourself so that you can you know serve the world you later can, yeah you can do what you need to do like <clears throat> yeah I, I like i just i don't know to me it makes sense that he brings joshua back and he dies for doing it that makes more sense to me and then also in doing that too he wipes out magic God, he could have done with so the phoenix down no couldn't he? Exists. Would have been fine. he could have done with a phoenix down he definitely could have done in that universe. with that there phoenix downs do exist in 16 oh do they but they're... they're not a potion though they're not a oh potion. it's not even a potion in the fucking other games is it no wait, it's a consumable yeah, it oh maybe it it's is. a potion okay okay but i think I, I remember seeing it i remember reading it somewhere phoenix down is a thing mm. but i don't remember what it does it's like something completely different yeah, it doesn't yeah. do it doesn't like resurrect or whatever no. um but yeah i just i think that it makes sense that joshua joshua came survive, back yeah clive died um that's just how it made sense to me but there are so many like things that point to it being the opposite and i'm like but i just what, what about that star that goes out and the jill sees meteor what is that that's the, the like the red star uh that they pray to we don't know a lot about their religion but that's what they used to pray to in the northern kingdoms um, oh, so but it, it go, goes it go, out. it goes out because it's like a symbol of i guess it's i guess it's magic powered i don't know what it actually is yeah yeah but it goes out when clive wipes out magic yeah so there is that okay i see but yeah it's just there's like there's a i mean there's a lot of ways of looking at it but i think that ultimately like you know what clive did is he succeeded he brought peace um and you know continued sid's legacy and the rest of the people at the hideaway make sure the world knows about how to survive without magic i suppose yeah i mean they had to you know <clears throat> everyone would have had to figure it out and what i really like about the final ending is how ambiguous it is mm. in the we don't really know what happened to the world no we know all we know is that there is this one family in the woods somewhere living happily yeah which ultimately is what matters yeah like it doesn't matter if there's these kingdoms at large with tons of people like the fact that there is like humanity in the world that exists yeah like they did they like they didn't lose their humanity they didn't lose their you know their their like love and their will mm -hmm. that ultima wanted to wipe out yeah and i think like that's quite important because it's like well we don't know what happened everywhere else like everyone else might be fucked we don't know true but it doesn't really matter because the point is that humanity goes on. Yeah. And yeah. I like that. And I like how the two boys are there to symbolise Clive and Joshua. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. them if they never had the burden of being an icon. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Which I For thought sure. was really yeah, beautiful. And obviously that. the dog is like Torgal. Um Yeah. It was just very very nice bit of symbolism there. Um and yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I got yeah, from it. That it's you know, that that scene is set hundreds of years after the ending of the game and it's in a world where people it's been so long since magic existed that no one believes it's real mm -hmm. yeah exactly <clears throat> so that means no icons either mm -hmm. no more icons ah oh, poor yeah. fucking uh what's what's his face fucking it's the water one 
Leviathan. Yeah, Leviathan didn't even get a chance to shine. <laughs> God damn well, what's it. What's that other one? The fucking big... The summon from the old games. It's a big castle. Oh, Alexander. Yeah, he should have been in it. Who would be the oh, icon of Alexander? Been fucking like Byron or someone. Byron fucking... is Alexander. That actually would have made a lot of sense. That actually would have made just sense. Just with the name I Alexander, I, I assume him being like a... Just a hearty fellow. Yeah. <clears throat> that, that would make sense. Um, God damn. Yeah, so that's the story of Final Fantasy 16. God damn. It was a it's wild ride. Like, there is so, yeah, just so much. And of course, they haven't even addressed that weird crystal off the coast of wherever the fuck it is that you can see in the distance. Oh, yeah. That is that like that weird thing you can just see, and you don't know what it is. Yeah, everyone's like, DLC, DLC. But it's like, after watching the ending, it's like, well, how can we have DLC? Because Clive's dead. Yeah, no, fuck that. I don't fuck want DLC. DLC. Yeah, I don't want yeah, it. The game ends perfectly. Like, I don't need to see what happens. Like, I swear to God. Like, literally, this game ends so ambiguously. And it's so similar to Final Fantasy VII. Um, not to ruin Final Fantasy VII, but the ending mm-hmm. is just ambiguous. Yeah. Like, it, it leaves it up for interpretation in a way where you're like, I wonder what happened to the characters next. Yeah. Like, you know, wh- where did they go from here? Like, you know, how did their lives pan out? And you know what happened to the world sort of thing yeah um and it leaves it on that note and like i think that's so good but then they decided to do like 25 sequels and now i know what happened to them and it's not interesting and it's all bad and it just sucks and it's like you 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 ruined what was a wonderfully ambiguous ending just to get a little bit of money just to wring a little bit of money out of people for their love of final fantasy 7 and it just kind of sucks. Yeah, everyone loves... it's like, Advent Children was not fucking worth it. Everyone loves Zack. Alright. Yeah, true. Everyone does love Zack. He's so Fuck. cool. My only knowledge of Zack is from Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. And I, oh, I, I yeah, should keep true. it that way. Yeah. <laughs> he just well, I won't actually, because he's going to be in fucking Rebirth. So, no, nah, I won't. True, he is going to be in Rebirth. I mean, he was in Remake, so... Yeah, briefly. Very, like, insanely briefly. Very briefly. Like, I didn't even know he who was he there was when he, he showed up. The price of freedom is steep. Um, yeah. Protect your honour as soldier. Um, what? But is but the yeah, soldier that's... not bad? Uh, oh, yeah. Don't worry about it. it what, is yeah, he just like a really just... devout soldier? <laughs> no. Why is he chatting that shit then? I don't know. That's like, it that's like fucking bad. cloud going, sense. being all proud of being a soldier. It's like he's not fucking proud of it. Yeah, it may, it really makes no fucking sense. It makes even less sense in the context of the game. Um, why he says that there, especially after what happens during the story. It's yeah, it makes no sense. It would be like, do you know what it would be like? It would be like if at, right at the end of Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Jin. Um, for bloody his uncle and was like uh, for the honour of the samurai yeah. Like, yeah. that would make no sense like dude you've spent the whole thing is about you learning how the samurai suck why oh Why are you saying that Jesus Christ because it sounds um, cool probably sounds epic that's the reason why they fucking did it oh yeah. god okay um, well that's great but, but that's my biggest fear for this is that they do that to 16 and we get like a sequel because oh everyone wants to see what happens next. Like people, people have no self restraint. Thing is, when I was know? like halfway through the game, I was like, I wouldn't mind a sequel in this world, but I didn't know how it ended. Yeah, you know, I didn't yeah. know what the end game was, but now I've seen the ending. It's like I, I don't. 
No. Like, I'm fine with the story being that. It's it, it's better like that. I'm not just yeah. fine with it. I prefer it like that. Yeah, I don't think there's anything <clears throat> you could do with a sequel that would make it worth it. Yeah. So what would you do? I really don't think there is. Bring Clive we'd have back to from learn. the dead. We'd literally have to learn what happened to the characters. Yeah. They'd have to tell us what happened to the characters. You'd take away all the ambiguity, mm. and it would just ruin it. Because, like... The conclusion and what everyone was fighting towards in Final Fantasy 16, it's bigger than the characters, which is why the ambiguous ending is so good, because it's like the focus yeah. is on the world, not on what happens to the characters. Yeah, and it's also it's also very heavily implied that magic immediately fades from the world. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. So you can't even do a sequel, because what would the sequel be? It's Final Fantasy with no magic. Yeah, fuck that. So like you can't really do it. Like it just wouldn't. It wouldn't work. Yeah, There'd be no yeah, icons. There'd be, be no. It'd be, it would just be a lesser game. But that's the thing, right? If I know anything about Final Fantasy, it's that they absolutely do not care if it would be good. <laughs> like <laughs> they just care if people will buy it, yep. which they would. Oh, yeah. In their droves, like the amount of people that are like, oh, I want to know what happens next to Jill. Like no. It's good because you... Like, the reason it's good is because you want to know. Yeah. It doesn't mean you should know. You shouldn't know. It's good because you want to know. Plus, you can imagine like, it in your head. You, you know? can be like, oh, okay, Jill, you know, she got on with her life and, you know, she became a nice little person who got to live with Torgal. And everyone yeah, else in the hideaway. Like, why would she leave the hideaway? It doesn't make any sense. It's... Like, it's a... It is a... <coughs> like a... Like, it's... I don't know, it's just part of, like, like basic literacy skills. Like, interpret the story for yourself. Like, you don't need Square Enix to spoon-feed you lore. Like... Yeah, and also, like... Imagine stories are supposed what could have happened. As well. Yeah, like, stories are supposed to end. The fucking MCU people just, has like, fucked people up so bad. It's like, it's ruined people's ability to consume media. Because yeah. they're just like, no, I need to know this, I need to know that. Like, oh, do a, do a prequel game with Sid. Like, no, we don't need to know. Oh, I mean, we shit. don't need to know this shit. Well, like, I reckon just there are people that would be it. like, I'd love a gate. I'd love a sequel set in the 13 years between uh, the, the, the oh, Phoenix Gate and... God. Uh, and nicer to Yeah, file. that is such a thing people would say yeah, too. Like, it's like why no, there's a time to. jump. There's a time jump for a reason. Yeah. Like it's not. It's, it's like because it's he just like, kills innocents uh, during that period. He just fucking lays siege to the lands because he's working for the empire. Yeah. it's not good yeah. shit. You won't be happy. Exactly. Seeing any of it's, that. it's like it's people. It's it. It is crazy the amount that people just want law. They're like, yeah. oh, I just want to know what happened. Like. They don't understand, like, people for some reason these days don't understand the concept of, like, vagueness for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not vague by mistake. No. It's it's integral to the story. Yeah. We don't know what happened in those 13 years on purpose. Because mm -hmm. like, what we can imagine is point. worse than what they can show. Exactly. <clears throat> and it's like, you look at, like, God of War, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Like... That game works so well because we have no idea how Kratos got to Norway. For sure. Like, we don't know how he got there. And I've we seen don't really know saying, why. Oh, I'd love a game set where it shows Kratos' yeah. journey from Sparta to, to fucking Norway. Yeah. Like, no. It's like, why fuck would off. you love that? Why? Like, the whole, <laughs> the whole point is that he's isolated and alone and we don't know why. What people or want where is, he is or they want, what, they want a God of War game set. The beginning scene is him falling off the cliff and going through the clouds. There's a bunch of weird fantasy shit in there where you fight loads of bosses. And the ending scene is him stumbling across a cabin and going, mm, I think I'll settle here. That's what they want. That's what people fucking want. No, the want. ending, the ending of the game is him carrying a, a log on his back. Yeah, like some the beginning of God like of War that, 2018. Yeah. Oh, and he, he sets it down 
and he goes, I think this is a good place to call home. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like, <laughs> or like that happens, and then there's like a flash, and then he's walking through the forest, and he brings his axe up and swings it, and that's where it ends. And it's like the first scene of fucking oh, God of War One. Epic. It's like fucking Rogue One has ruined people. <laughs> it was that movie that started it. It's literally Disney has slowly and systematically ruined people's ability to consume media in a reasonable have. way. They fucking have. It's insane. Like, the amount of people, like, the fact that people have done, like, fucking, like, Easter egg videos on, like, Oppenheimer. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? That's not what, that's not how you're supposed to consume this uh, my film. My favorite Easter egg was the Einstein Easter egg where he showed up. <laughs> that was my multiverse of madness. Oh man, it's just so crazy. It's so crazy. Fucking um, hell, Nolan is probably fuming. I know. It's fucking. Oh, God, Oppenheimer it's 2. just insane. <laughs> Oppenheimer 2! He makes a bigger bomb. We're gonna need a bigger bomb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it's, set, it's set in a post apocalypse like nuclear For fallout. Sake. And it's got Cillian Murphy with his huge eyes staring at everyone. That's the movie. Jesus shagging Christ. every woman but yeah we, we we do not need a sequel to final fantasy 16 we, we don't, don't need a spin-off we don't need dlc none of it none of it would serve any purpose it's not that i would like, be against a future final fantasy game having like say if like 17 was sequel worthy and then there was 17 2 like i wouldn't be mm-hmm. against that if they did that see like if it worked. the thing is right i'd agree if like every Final Fantasy sequel wasn't dog shit. Oh, okay. I mean, I've not played 10-2, whatever the fuck it is, or 13-2. Did 13 have but a 2? But, like, 13 had 3, yeah. <gasps> Jesus. Um, but the thing, like, that's the thing with Final Fantasy games. They're built to be a finite story. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Like, that's how they're built. Mm-hmm. So when you try and craft sequels and stuff like that around them, it doesn't work. The only time it's worked is Intermission, with Final Fantasy VII Remake, and that's because the game's not finished yet. And so it's a DLC. You're able to do that, yeah. But, like, it's still, like, a you sequel, know, doing yeah. that spin-off sort of story. It yeah, just, yeah, it just yeah. works. Yeah. But, like, there are story- like there are things you could do with this, but I don't think you need to do it. The only like, time it would work is if, the first, if, if you're making the first game intending to carry it on to a sequel. Exactly. And then that's, you're compromising see, the, the first yeah. game for the sake of a sequel, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like, you know, you look at... There are games out there, like, I'm just... I'm trying to think of a game off the top of my head that, hasn't that had I a can't sequel. think yeah, of. Yeah, fucking none of them. They all have fucking sequels. Um, yeah, Demon I Souls. Bloodborne? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they're sort of a bit different in the way they're built, aren't they? Uh, so it's like, it's not quite else. the same. It's not like a traditional narrative. Uh, yeah, well, it's yeah, um, barely even a narrative at all. You have to fucking read games scrolls that... to understand the story of those fucking games. Um, I can't think of games that don't have sequels, but most games that have sequels are, are usually built to have sequels. Yeah. Like, you look at, like, Horizon, Mass Effect, yeah. Assassin's Creed, um, Ghost of Tsushima, like, they're games that <sighs> are built with the idea that we will make another one, probably. Yeah. But Final Fantasy's whole philosophy is you have one universe, you enjoy it for a game, and then you're on to the next one exactly like 16 is definitely not built with the idea of a sequel being made if you make a sequel it is at the cost of the integrity of the original it will invalidate the whole struggle of the first game because it's like well if you make a sequel of 16 magic comes back so clive's whole journey is fucking pointless and 
and another threat has appeared. And it's like the whole point is that the world is meant to be, you know, like our world. Yeah. Like after the yeah. events of sixteen, it becomes essentially middle, like <clears throat> the middle ages of like Europe, for example, and it's just that, and it's no one knows magic existed, and it's just Earth, pretty much. Yeah, and it's 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 just like that. Like the story is complete. Yeah. Like the story's been told. I mean, that's it's why finished. the book is it had an at the ending. end, I suppose, because it's like you know that is Final Fantasy. That's that's the, the, the closing. Yeah. You know, we're closing this book now. Yeah, exactly, and I, I think I think like like we were saying, like the MCU, Star Wars, and how those operate. I feel like it has ruined people's ability to consume a story and see it as a story. Like, yeah. <clears throat> like not every story is an excuse for a universe to exist. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, like you know, when you play this game, the point is the story. Mm. The universe around it informs the story. Yeah, it's not something that exists like separate like it's like every law point they've built up in the history of this world exists to inform the central narrative that's the point yeah like this is the story they're telling it the reason we only see these parts of these characters lives is because that's where the story happens that's the point of the story the writers chose to omit certain things how can't believe we have to explain this i know it's fucking crazy but it's like you don't watch like i'm trying to think of like something else like i'm trying to think of something where it would be so fucking stupid to 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 have this sort of like idea of like oh we need to see every part of someone's life in i don't know like fucking I guess they did ba- have yeah, I mean, sequels, Breaking though, to like, be fair, but... True. Imagine but if they I, made a I, prequel I... series where it was like, oh, I'd like to see what when he, when he was a teacher. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, like, why would we do that? Or I'd I think, like to see I think Jesse's tra- adventures as, as, as Captain Cook. <laughs> yeah. I think it, it, it would be like you look at something like fucking... Um, like Django Unchained, mm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Tarantino. Oh, you picked a good you, film because that's one I've actually watched good that's why i picked it because i knew you'd seen it <laughs> okay. and imagine imagine watching that film and you come out of it wanting any sort of spin-off <laughs> like be, being like oh i need to see what happens in this fictional universe <laughs> like no the the, the universe like it's a, it, uh, the fictional world exists to tell oh, a story God. in and you observe, observe that story you've absorbed the story that's the story yeah. that's the story yeah. like no one would ever make the case that like you need django unchained spin-offs yeah and like Django like to, to, Unchained like, Chained. It's a prequel. <laughs> Yo, no! Django Chained. chained. No! That's yeah. fucking terrible. Yeah. I mean, it would give Tarantino an excuse to use the M word a lot, yeah, which he does he like He didn't want to make do. any more movies anymore. He's been a little fucking edgy boy. Where he's like, <laughs> he is almost mm, finished, isn't he? I want to stop making movies. You fucking want You'll come back. <laughs> He'll come back. It's an addiction. Maybe, yeah. I mean, if you truly love the art form, there's no way he could stay away. He'll probably go years without making another movie, but he'll come back. Yeah, he'll, he'll have that Tarantino. urge. He'll want to make one. He'll want an filmmaker. excuse to suck on some woman's feet again. True. Although he didn't true. even fucking write that film, to be fair. From Dust Till Dawn. Which film? From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, right. The yeah, vampire yeah, but he does, film. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But he, but he does, does suck love, feet. He does love does love feet. He does. Um, but yeah, I think in the same vein as that, you look at Final Fantasy 16, it does, doesn't does need that, like, 
you know the the story is the story we got there isn't another story outside of this otherwise they would have told it in the game yeah. where the story takes or place. they would have literally set up the game to tell another one if it was meant yes, to happen. yes if there was yeah exactly and that's you know that's the same thing with final fantasy 7 you look at final fantasy 7 and it's like that game does not set up a sequel it absolutely doesn't no. but they did it anyway and they fucked and i it. hate it but i hate it, it so much i mean i mean do they everyone loves crisis core well crisis core is a prequel oh, oh i've not it's watched also advent shit, children but... much about it advent children i mean it'd be fucking funny if you had watched advent children yeah it would be a <laughs> before bit playing final like, fantasy oh, 7 like watching advent children for no reason <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but yeah, Advent Children, Dirge of Cerberus, they're just not worth Big it. Big fat shit. They're just, just like, gonna play again, the remakes and like... see what happens. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna do that. What, what you need to do is play the pixel games, and then you'll have the urge for more, and then, and play, then play Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, most likely. Most likely. Because it's so good, you have to play Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, my experience of Final Fantasy VII OG is trying to fucking jump on a fucking shitty texture in the fucking background that can't, doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, you'd probably get on better with it if you were On my own, it, yeah, I most likely. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I enjoyed you could really it, absorb it. But I also just found it really know. funny to take the piss out of. Mainly because you'd get annoyed Ridiculous. at me whenever I did. <sighs> Ridiculous. Like, I've seen him with Barrett where he's fucking... You know, that, That's I'm such a... a great moment. That's a great <laughs> moment. That's a great scene. I don't even remember <laughs> the bitch. themes of that scene. I just remember the dude moaning and whining like a bitch. No. <laughs> it's supposed to show the disparity and how Barrett could have gone a worse way. But it's a fucking arc where your best mate is a cat riding a fucking big ghost. No, I'm not meant to laugh like, at that. He's not like he doesn't have to be there unless he's in your party. Nah, well look, we all love Kate Sith, alright. We love him. <sighs> I can't wait yeah. to see him in remake. We all love him. Well, well, uh, well, well, he he was he was in remake. What? Don't you remember? No. Um, when when they drop the plate. Oh, he looks up and he's like, "What the fuck is that?" No. What? No. The, when the plate drops, he comes. He runs out from the top and he looks <laughs> nah, down. I don't. At it. I don't remember that. But I heard. Just... And he pu- he punches the ground. <laughs> I don't he's like, remember that. He's like so mad that the plate dropped. Why? Why is he in Midgar? Um. Ah, uh, you know. Ah, so they're already up to their fuckery. Reasons. So he's not meant to be in Midgar. Oh, unless there is a reason. There is a reason. Okay. 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 Yeah, there is a reason. It makes sense once you've played. Once you've played the OG, you're like, oh, what did I say a second ago? He looks up and he goes, what <laughs> he the looks fuck? up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's not on the oh. Moogle. It's just the cat. Oh, it's a Moogle. That shit doesn't even look like a Moogle. Oh yeah, the fat. Yeah, the Moogle. It's, it's a just a, it's a cat riding a Moogle. Yeah, that's Kate Sith. The fuck is he enslaving um, Moogles for? They're an intelligent species. It's not a real Moogle. Oh, it's an inflatable Moogle. It's it's like yeah, like an inflatable like robot Moogle. That's why it doesn't look like a fucking Moogle. Yeah, it's just a fat one. Nomura designed it, I think. Uh, Okay, it does look like a Moogle. Yeah, it does. But it also kind of doesn't as well. It does when you realise what it is. But if you don't realise what it is, then... What the fuck? Yeah, true. True. Where is it? Why does it have such big hands? (laughs) I don't know. So it can hold the megaphone. Is that what he speaks through? Oh yeah, that's that's his weapon. There's yeah, a picture a here of fucking Kate Sith holding it. Official art. Oh, sometimes Kate Sith holds it. Careful, you're gonna get spoilers. I'm scared. 
Or not really, because I've just seen Kate Sith furry art. Okay. And it well, says adopt me on his on his stomach. That's fucking mental. What was that? Right. Okay. Less of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. Okay. That's Final Fantasy 16. Yep. Any closing statements? Anything else to add? It was great. I loved it. I adore it. I'm gonna replay it on New Game Plus when I have mm-hmm. the will to do it. <clears throat> um, nah, the will. <laughs> Ultima wouldn't like that. Ultima's sitting in my room, mate. He's trying to spur me on to play New Game Plus. Ultima sitting in your room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's telling me to try and. I imagine Ultima PS5 sits on. with his legs crossed, like. You know, like he puts what, his like leg a, over his leg. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, a yeah, woman. Yeah. Like how you'd sit. Like, like a woman? I mean, I sit yeah, like that like sometimes. Well, like women and men on talk shows. Yeah, yeah, you, like, have, to, you have to do that. Um, yeah, he probably does. Yeah. He probably does. And he probably I sucks cock as well. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You might well do. Maybe there can be like a six-hour video on why Ultima's gay. <laughs> Maybe. That'd be sick. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Everyone go and watch the Riku is gay video. It's a fucking masterpiece. Honestly. I love it. I loved it's it when so I watched good. it. It's so good. Yeah. I've watched George it actually in between... It. When we mentioned when it we earlier, talked about it now, last, yeah. yeah, yeah, just quickly gave it a watch. There, I'm just a fast guy. I watched it on uh, 2.5 speed, so it went really quick. <laughs> 2.5 speed. Yeah, you definitely got it. Done. I mean, this podcast's long enough, you know, that you actually could have watched it on two I times speed. Watched, yeah, yeah, I could have. Wa- yeah. You could have watched it. It's three hours. We hit the big um, three. We hit the big three. Is that the, the first full three? Is that the yeah, first so. horse, horse and fox podcast? Three, three hours. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. Wow. That's quite the big one. Incredible. Yes. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening. Let us know your thoughts on Final Fantasy 16 down in the comment section below. I'm sure there is like something, like someone's favourite moment we forgot to talk about. Most likely. And someone will be like, wait, you forgot to talk about this. Um, there may be I'm someone sure else did. that are like, oh, actually, you're wrong about this. And actually, it's this and that and this and that. Um, <laughs> that I mean, that'd be useful. I'd like that. And everyone, I'd... if you can't handle the thought of a game's universe ending... Play Final Fantasy fourteen online because it will never end. <laughs> True. Or play Final Fantasy seven because it will never end. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, it will it will perpetuate for the rest of time. Cloud Cloud's lifeless corpse will be beaten with a stick for the rest of eternity. They will. They'll parade Cloud out on stage in a wheelchair. <laughs> it's over. In the next game, you'll play as wheelchair Cloud. <laughs> in the next game that'll be great and he has a his sword attached to one of his wheels so it spins around and hits people that would be so epic that'd be so cool I think they should do that that'd be even more epic than when he rides a bike and has like 70 swords in Advent Children that's an epic 70 moment. swords so cool so cool hey, at least nothing can be as bad as Final Fantasy 15 okay <laughs> see you later guys <laughs> <laughs> see, see you later everybody we'll see you next week not next week week after uh, yeah, that's two true. weeks yeah, 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 yeah. we're back we're back to yes we're back to our normal schedule actually i probably should say that actually yeah we are um, yeah so i'll put this one out and then we'll just be back to our normal schedule so not next monday the one after but the monday after so yeah. the 7th of august we'll be back that easy. probably um so that'll be cool beautiful thank you everybody and we'll see you next time see you later folks Bye-bye. Bye-bye.